All right. So All right. this is the awkward bit. We back announce now. Yeah. If Branchy can talk, oh, it's just a real quick <laughs> what we've talked about and um, what the listeners are going to hear. Yeah, it's like a little one-minute intro to the to the oh, episode no. and then we put it prior to our intro music. Okay. All right. Hey, Hard Yarners. Thank you, Delby. Delby's <laughs> taken over today because Branchy cannot speak oh. because we've just done an absolute epic. Uh, he's just landed from out of space. Yeah. Been connecting with uh, higher beings. We have Isha Patel. That's it. Yeah. Beautiful. You can speak. Yeah. I can't speak. What did speak. we speak about? We spoke about all the things. We yeah. what do we cover? Aliens, Uluru, Solstice, a little bit of money stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how to get over your resistances, the best types of meditation. Mm. We established that I am the best meditation teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Different dimensions. Yeah. Different few... dimensions, yes. Orbs, ghosts. Yeah, I think we ghosts. Covered yeah, we went all, really. Deep. Yeah. Um, and if you can put up with a couple of little tangents where I just couldn't speak and get words out properly. Yeah. Uh, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, um, really I don't think fun. we were too yes manny either. We sort of like prodded and made sure we-, we sort Well, of a lot of stuff resonated in today's podcast where we didn't have did. to um, play devil's advocate really. No, it was yeah, good. I was expecting a lot worse actually. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. Well, a lot of it was more, I didn't need to ask the question because you answered it before. Love yeah, it. You were Sorry, very yeah good. I'm reading your mind. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> she got me. <laughs> all right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, genders and races and dimensions. Dimensions. Let's get hard. Let's get hard. Look at these men. <laughs> I'll take the bit. <laughs> I'm a crow. <laughs> you shall you not pass. You shall not pass. <laughs> he never did the W, but everybody else has done the W. <laughs> Listen all the way to the end and you'll see why he's the dumbest cunt on the planet. Yes. Grab a drink, settle down, and we'll see you in right now. Yeah. Five yards podcast. All right. All right, hard yarders. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. We are, yeah. We're joined by Isha Patel. Oh yeah. Yeah. What's going on? How are we feeling, guys? We good? Good. Yeah. Very good. Excited. Very good. I'm perfect I'm, timing. I'm this. Yeah. Is, for me, it's it's the universe's perfect timing. Oh. With all my questions and everything's been happening. <laughs> it's perfect. I'm I'm very giddy about this. And before you um, tell the crowd about or the audience about yourself, um, this is very synchronistic for me because. Uh, December 21st to uh, 2020, I was talking it up quite a bit on the podcast and a few things that I'd started following and the, the, the energy changes I'd sort of felt and experienced over that time period. But I actually randomly started following some of your videos and then your team about six to eight weeks later reached out to me without having prompted anything and tried to organise this interview. Her team is interview. Facebook. They uh, <laughs> know exactly the, uh, what you're watching. No, the P, uh, uh, Assistant, I guess, or the the, the schedulers. I've got a media team. Yeah, yeah, media team. Yeah, they reached out to us, and I was. This is ridiculous. I've been watching your videos, and then they're reaching out to us randomly. So manifestation, mate. It was not random. Reach out to me. That's the real question. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were out of our reach. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but I I really like. I was, uh, and we spoke uh, with Mandy about this recently. uh, The the Uluru stuff, and that's what I was following for that. uh, That right. uh, The group meditation, the um, the yeah collective one. yeah, and Did I got him. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. But it. I seen that uh, about an hour prior or a few hours prior, the timeline changed a little bit. Was that was that from yeah, memory? Yeah, so much happened there. So <laughs> much happened there. Yeah. yeah what do you chaotic. mean the timeline changed? Like <laughs> the energy shifted and you tra- time travelled? No, because because it was a it was a, a it was a, a ceremony by by Aboriginal 
elders or, so, or something along those lines. I can't remember. Maybe uh, you, you know what? I would actually love to clear the air on this. Yeah. Because yeah. Okay, there's cool. so many rumours around okay, this. Okay, cool. And I was actually there. So, yes, explain. So there was a quite a lot going on. Mm. Um, there were different people there with different agendas, different parties, and there was a lot of mixed wires across the whole thing. So on the 21st, there was a prophecy from about probably 10 years prior that some people had received that on December 21st, 2020, there would be a massive awakening, a big shift, and mm-hmm. there was some talk about some Palladian crystals under Uluru and, and things like that. Um, and then there was uh, the Strongs, so Stephen and Evan Strong, that were also propagating a theory about a light box. And they were saying that if everybody meditated on this light box, that something magical would happen, and mm-hmm. it was connected to, again, the Palladian crystals. And yeah, right. So they say there's crystals in Uluru. This, like under Uluru. Look, I'll be honest with you. My internal guidance told me to not look into any of this stuff before I went. So before I went to Uluru, I didn't know anything about the light box. I didn't know anything about the crystals. I didn't know anything about the prophecy. I was there for my own reason and I'll get to that in a second. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So so they, so there was the indigenous people with the prophecy. There was the strongs with the light box. Then there was the people that were organising the Cosmic Consciousness Conference, which is why I was attending because yep. I was there as a guest. Mm-hmm. I was actually exhibiting at this conference. Okay. And so I was there for the conference but I was also there from my own guidance. And the way that I got into Uluru was literally star family coming to me in October last year saying, you have to be at Uluru on this date. And I was like, how are we going to make that happen? And then I booked my flight. Mm-hmm. And after 12 hours after I booked my flight, I get an email back from the conference saying that we'd love to have you as an exhibitor because oh. I had a flight months before. I heard nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I so I booked it. my flight anyway. Mm-hmm thinking, you know, this is what my guidance is saying. I'm just going to act on it. And Star Family said, look, just go and do it. And so I just did it. And then next thing I know, suddenly everything falls into place. I managed to get one of the last rooms. Like everything just worked out in my favour because obviously I was meant to be there. Meant to, yeah. So. I love that. After looking at your website, that's manifesting it into happening as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. So and I think, yeah, when you take that action and you just trust in the guidance, then, you know, doorways open, mountains move. I've seen it all happen The universe before. just works that it way, does, doesn't it? It, it works does. for you, not against you. Exactly. Mm. And I think it – well, I think we work together. You know, I really believe yeah. that we work together. And so I received the guidance. I took my action, which was my piece, and then the universe did its piece, and then suddenly there I was. When you say – Star, star family. We've gone straight in. Yeah, I, I was going to say. Yeah. Could hear some backstory. Actually, I, was, that, yeah. I, was, I was logging that on away. Yeah, yeah so, <laughs> so we'll we'll get the star family wants to hear about her backstory. First, we'll come back to star family. Let's go back to where you began. Like I know you uh, had a a mindfulness or a medit. Was it a meditation studio or, a, or was it a wellness yeah. studio in in Wangara, uh, which yeah. is around the corner from where we used to? Yeah, host, I grew host. up in Lansdale. Yeah, yeah. Funny that. Um, but uh, I didn't realise that until after. I was, yesterday when I was doing a bit of uh, looking into you just to um, have some talking points. But, um, yeah, maybe just for the audience, just give a yeah. little background on yourself um, and then we can launch into ETs because I love <laughs> ETs. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, I did have my studio for five and a half years in Perth. In fact, I was there just today doing a bit of work because I still go there when I'm in town. Yep. Um, I left Perth about eight, nine months ago, um, particularly during COVID, like everything just kind of shifted. And mm. so I took my whole business online. Up until that point, I was running weekly meditation classes. I had a number of facilitators at one point. 
Um, so yeah, like my whole business actually started here in Perth and then COVID happened and then it suddenly just exploded and went global last year. So that wow. was pretty exciting for me. I was thinking it coincides with the bike. He's moving into Wangara. <laughs> like, is, that, is that why you moved out or they were going there for meditation? And I haven't heard about this. Oh, really? There's a whole, there's a whole really new clubhouse in Wangara, yeah. Is there? Yeah, man. What? <laughs> yeah, it's full Who? of uh, I can't remember. I, I wouldn't even say if and if I did. Yeah, that's yeah. true, yeah. Okay. The West Australian did a big piece on it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what, COVID actually helped your business though? So you're yeah, saying it well, exploded from taking it online because of COVID? Well, I, I wouldn't quite give COVID that much credit. I mean, COVID first destroyed my business yeah. and yeah. then- yes. <laughs> um, Well, it forced you to innovate. It forced a lot of people it, to innovate. Yes, yeah, it, no it accelerated what was already going to happen anyway because the plan was to leave the studio probably six months down the track anyway. So I was going to go online and then I thought, well, okay, now I have to do it in six weeks instead of six months. And so it was like just boom, 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 action all the things and suddenly there it was. That's exactly what happened to me. Different business obviously, but my business, I was trying to get rid of a few social media clients that I I didn't. I didn't want to put all my focus into that. And then three or four of them said, look, we can't afford to pay you because we've got nothing so we're going to have to drop you. And then it forced my hand. It was fine because I progressed in other ways. Um, and I just never picked them back up because I, I didn't want them in anyway. It sort of forced my hand. <laughs> it was. Yeah. It brought that around itself. Yeah. So. Well, I'm a huge believer in, you know, in alignment. And and people do ask me, Isha, what do you think about this whole COVID thing? Is it part of the plan? Is it thwarting the plan? How does it fit into, mm. you know, the whole awakening? And is it the most ideal timeline? I actually don't believe that it is. Could there have been better timelines? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Given the current circumstances, we're still doing okay though. Yeah. And that's where I feel like, you know, we did briefly mention timelines earlier. Things are changing so rapidly at the moment that it's actually, it's hard to say there's going to be one particular outcome. Because another thing I get asked quite often is, so Isha, when is this like Ascension Day actually going to happen? Yeah. And well, it didn't happen on 2012. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen 2020. We're on like stage three now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like it's crunch time, you know, like it really is. Yeah. Um, so do you think though there is a like a point, an ascension point yes. where the whole of man, not a whole, but the majority, the vast majority of mankind just wakes up to yep. uh, a, a, a fifth dimensional consciousness for, for, for lack of better words and me just using general terms that I hear. And I, I have a general understanding of what's going on, but nowhere near I guess. Well, everyone I ask what the five Ds are, no one can actually explain it to me. So maybe. I can explain. Yeah. You can? Okay. (laughs) My girlfriend talks about it a lot and um, I I asked Mandy, but she didn't really give me a straight answer. Yeah, it was a bit. She basically said, hey, you explain something you can't explain. Yeah. Um, But But I mean, I like to understand stuff so Mm. I can. Is that your ego wanting to know that? Well, I don't know. I just want to know. (laughs) Yeah. I think very few people actually fully understand it enough to articulate it to be a Exactly. That's how I feel. Um, Um, Yeah. So, what is Ascension and what is 5D? Yeah. Great. Wow. Easy, easy, easy question to start. (laughs) These are my favorite. I get asked this all the time. Okay, cool. So, I'm like, here's an answer I prepared earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Planetary Ascension is essentially the shifting of frequency from what we're experiencing right now, which you would call a third dimensional reality into a fifth dimensional frequency. Now, first and foremost, 5D is actually a state of being. It's a unity consciousness. So if I were to answer to the question of how do you know you're in 5D, to me, it feels like a really blissful state of connectedness. That's that's probably the simplest way to describe it. Now, 
will there be a tipping point where everybody gets to 5D? Yeah, and all we actually need is 1% of the population. Star family have been telling me for years and years and years that when 1% of the population is solidly anchoring a 5D vibration, which is that total connectedness, total unified field consciousness frequency, Mm -hmm. then everyone else automatically shifts into that space. So- I'm just looking for my 1% at the moment. Yeah. I'm like, who can I work with to get them up to that level so that they can be anchoring that frequency because we just need one in 100 really. Yeah. I know a group called the 1%ers. <laughs> <laughs> Another bike. Yeah. No, really? the, um, um, yeah, that's just that's what they get called, the outlaws of 1%ers. But um, oh. I find that interesting because – you called chased yeah. by the cops. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, um, the label 5D, is that something that you've been told or is that something that people have just – called it like they go what is this feeling i'm gonna we're gonna label it 5d or is um, it something or is it 1d 2d 3d 4d yeah Who, who's 13. put the 13 i yes. saw your yeah. thing about the 13 who put the labels on it mm. does that make sense as a question like who's what's the oh yeah I as a human it. do we just go oh this is first because we don't know how to have words words to articulate what it is well, it's actually very tangible. Well, it is for me. Yeah. I know not everyone experiences it this way. For me, each dimensional frequency is a very tangible frequency and I can easily tell the difference between one and the other. In so saying like looking that, at a colour. It's also – yeah, it's actually very much like that. Okay. So you know how on the spectrum of waves you have radio waves and microwaves and colours and, yes. you know, yes. like it's, it's like that except that it's not – as linear as soon as you get past 5D. Because as soon as you get past 5D, you're no longer talking in a linear spectrum. You're talking in a multidimensional spectrum. But I can give you a basic understanding of it. So yeah. there yeah, are 13 good. dimensions in this universe. We are currently in the third dimension, which is everything that's physical, mm-hmm. right? Now, the fourth dimension is typically where people first go when they have their spiritual awakening. Now, a lot of psychics, they often tap into the 4D. The 4D is typically characterized by the astral realm. So the astral realm has multiple aspects of duality within it. And actually every single um, every single dimension actually has sub-dimensions. So there are 12 dimensions in this universe and each of those 12 has 12 sub-dimensions. So that's where the 144 comes in. And the 13th dimension is actually the zero-point frequency that spirals through all of them. Yeah, okay. Now, when I started activating my Merkaba light body years and years ago through meditation, I went straight to the 13 dimensions. So <laughs> I just was like sitting in meditation. Was it intentional or was then, it accidental? Or no, did I didn't know anything about dimensions at the time. It just kind of happened for me. So it was very spontaneous. Okay. And I was just sitting there meditating one day and next thing my body dissolved and all of a sudden I was just in this expansion in this universe and I was like, whoa, what just happened? And it felt so blissful, so, so peaceful, you know, so beautiful. And just so much love, like so, so much love. Mm. And then I remember just hearing this voice in my head that said, Isha, you're in the 13th dimension. And then I was like in my early 20s at the time. So I freaked out. <laughs> you know, yeah, I was yeah. like, what I was is thinking, going when on was that here? A few years ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this yeah. is quite a while back now. No, I mean, like, you look really young, say early 20s. I was like, <laughs> I thought you were still. I'm 30. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It feels like a long time. That's like yeah. a third of my life. Yeah, yeah. Almost. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Perception. <laughs> Um, yeah, mm. so in my early 20s I had this experience and then I didn't know what to think of it. Mm. So, you know, I just did what anyone else would do. I went on Google and said, what is the 13th dimension? Typing away and nothing comes up. Like there's mm. nothing, you know. There's one article that I found after pages and pages of Googling through and it just said something about 12 dimensions. Mm-hmm. And so that was a point where that's I was like – That's what I had heard. Uh, that's what I had read through my – 
most people it's don't actually 12. know this. And this is where so much of what I have received has actually come through internal guidance and meditation because so few people are talking about this. Mm. Like people don't have – even a lot of, you know, like psychics and stuff like that don't fully understand how each of the dimensional frequencies work and how to access them. It's taken me years to nail this, like to really sit in meditation and to understand every single frequency, the qualities of every frequency and how to access every frequency. Once you know it, it's very easy Mm -hmm. because each frequency has a geometry that's associated with it. It has a color frequency associated with it and it has a feeling and a set of qualities. So once you know what they are, it's very simple. Is this something this sounds, with, with, okay. It sounds very similar to a DMT trip or an ayahuasca trip, what you are just explaining before. Yeah. The, 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 the dissolving the, the of the geometry, the dissolving of ego, being in a space where you're blissful. I've never is had that, DMT before but I've, or ayahuasca, but I've heard the experiences, what, basically what, what you, you just said. So right. I, have right. a, yeah. I have a strong opinion on this. Ah, okay, cool. <laughs> and my strong opinion on this is that if you have to take any substance to get you into that state, mm-hmm. it – the furthest it'll take you is the higher end of the fourth dimension. So it's like cheating, uh, like a cheat. So you're still not going to experience. The The only way to experience true higher dimensional consciousness is through meditation. Mm. And it doesn't require any substance because inside of the fourth dimension, you do have anything and everything. And because you're dealing with the astral realm, all the beings are in there. Um, there there's a lot that can be accessed through the 4D and the majority of psychics and spiritual people only ever get to exploring the fourth dimension. There are dimensional frequencies beyond that, that mm. you, if you're taking any form of substance, because just the, the simple act of needing something physical to ingest in the body to access a state is contradictory to a higher dimensional frequency because higher dimensional frequency is pure light. Mm. So you don't actually need to take anything for that. Is there anything that's beneficial that's natural? That yeah, so we actually me and Delby were talking about this. Is there a, like a better um, diet? Uh, yeah. Did drugs and alcohol hinder certain experiences? Or any- are they – like for me, now I spoke – I've sort of said this on the podcast before. So my my guidance, my experiences in meditation is that as far as I've gone so far as having experiences with my higher self and inner monologue or inner dialogue, I guess. So asking myself questions and answering it myself within myself, if, if that makes sense, I guess. And I had asked these that, – that's one of the questions I asked. I can't for the life of me remember many of the answers, but I remember the answer to the question is what do drugs, alcohol, bad, poor diet, the, that sort of thing, what does it affect does it have on my personal ascension? Um, and the answer I gave myself is none long-term, but they are speed bumps, they're hindrances, they make the journey tougher. Is that sort of – that's the, what I got from myself – I can see how that would be true. Mm-hmm. Um, where I sit with substances and, I mean, drugs is a very broad term. Mm. If we are talking about something like ayahuasca or even, you know, mushrooms and things like that, yep. I can see how they can be used to help people awaken because if someone is in a state where they're really just in the 3D and they have no concept of multidimensionals, then even just going from the 3 to the 40 is a huge jump. Yeah. Like it's, it's massive. No experience. Yeah. In saying that though, there's only so far it'll take you because mm. you get to a point even with ayahuasca, DMT, like all of these things where – at some point you actually have to relinquish the use of those substances and recognize that you have the light within. And only then can you access a true 5D frequency because a true 5D frequency is unity consciousness and that doesn't require anything for you to access that. Mm -hmm. So if there's a negative, 
isn't there a positive? Like because of in a world well, of duality, yeah. yeah. But is five right, D's five D's out of duality? Though. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's one conscious. So it's, as long as you're cool. in yeah. duality, you're sitting. The furthest you'll get is the higher fourth dimensional frequency. Yeah. To actually access unity consciousness, the true frequency of unity consciousness, it's where time and everything changes. I mean, so for example. We view from our senses one dimension mm. lower than the dimension that we're in, and that's true for all dimensions in this universe. Mm-hmm. It, there are different rules in other universes. Probably won't get into that today. Yeah, <laughs> so, 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 we live okay. in a multiverse. <laughs> so okay. <laughs> yeah. Plenty to go into. So, so in this universe, we have the 12 plus 1, the 12 dimensions plus the 13, which is the zero point that spirals through dimensional realities. Yep. And our perception of dimensional realities is perceived one dimension lower than the one that we're in through the senses that we have. Classic example is if you walk out into a park and you look at a tree, your eyes don't actually let you see the whole tree. You know that it's 3D because you've seen enough trees, but you don't actually see in 3D, you see in 2D. Yeah? Yeah, I Following? I, I understand what you're saying, yeah. <laughs> so then when you step your frequency up into the fourth dimension, you're actually able to see down into 3D and this is how remote viewing works. So a lot of psychics, remote viewers, people like that are going from a 3 to 4D frequency, then they're able to view down into remote locations, they're able to do things like view timelines because – Again, time is one of those things where we experience it as linear in 3D. Mm-hmm. When you're viewing from the fourth dimension into the third dimension, it's timelines. When you actually are in a 5D space, time is no longer linear because in the fourth dimension, time is actually a spiral. Mm-hmm. And in the 5D, it's actually a point of convergence. They touched on this and to like for people listening at home, they touched on this in Interstellar. Yes, oh my God, it's the best movie. That final sequence yes. is the first like, public thing that I've, I've ne- seen. That's exactly what I thought. That actually gets it. They yes. actually get it. So the, the, well, the, Who did they consult? Didn't they consult like yeah, astrophysicists? The higher, the, the higher, yeah, or who they, to write the script, you mean? To get everything spot on. Probably the, uh, probably the Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I feel like it's got a scientific backing, which yeah. I thought was really cool. Yeah, because yeah. what was the, the general plot of it was that the, the higher beings um, from the, Fifth dimension, I think they actually said from memory, I can't quite recall, fifth dimensional beings of life had created this world that they could experience time in a non-linear way and the way they did it with the cinematography and stuff was fucking incredible. It was but so good. But it, it actually touched on something that I'd never heard anyone in a major film comment on and it was timelines yeah. and linear and the, the, the higher densities that was really um, – So you're yeah. saying Ant-Man got it wrong? Yeah, man, multi- <laughs> multiverse. No, the multiverse. The, 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 well, yeah, we'll see. What happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that sort of depicted it quite well. To they be nailed it. I think it, it's one of the most accurate representations that has gone out into a mass public forum. Mm. There's, a, there's a few little pieces that I'm like, okay, cool, they could have changed it. But yeah. for the most part, I think they It's still a dramatic it. movie, it's there to yeah, entertain yeah. as well. Yeah. But so, I feel like, yeah, they touched on some things that I certainly, definitely believe that, that those sorts of concepts. Yeah. Well, um, I want to touch on what you said about psychics and mediums because I'm a big believer in um, psychics uh, well, and mediums are legit and the soul and reincarnation. Mm-hmm. But you were talking about star family and how mm-hmm. they can only access a fourth dimension. What is your view on um, reincarnation, the soul and mediumship, I guess? So my experience through this, um, I've experienced what I call soul aspects of self. 
So so there's Isha who's in the 3D, yeah? If you think about it like this, so the hand, say the hand is the higher self. From the higher self, you have Isha and then you have all these other soul aspects. So through my meditation practice, I've actually been able to connect with some of these soul aspects. And one of them, her name is Lily. She is a fifth dimensional being. She actually resides on a starship called the Aru Terra, which is a ninth dimensional starship that sits in the etheric framework of the earth. And So many words. (laughs) (laughs) The short version is, I have a starship and I have a 5D self who's on that starship, which is how I'm able to connect into starships and then communicate to all the the network of starships that exist around the planet at this time. Okay. So so let's open the door. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So does that – oh, so many questions. Fuck, if we haven't opened the door already. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, let's – okay. I was going to say, does that mean that what I've – what I think uh, about the soul – being like past lives and stuff is 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 off. Like, well, what's your perception? Well, I feel this? like reincarnation. I've lived past lives. Every time I'm reincarnated, is to learn a lesson that I need to grow on. And if I don't do it this life, then I'm going to do it the next. And I'm trying to get higher and higher and be, spiritually be, evolve, become one with the source, back yeah, to return where to I, source, return yeah. to the source. And that's what I've. Believe and it feels weird. It's a to very say. common belief. A lot yeah. of people believe that. We were talking about that as well prior that we feel strange saying those words. Yeah, out loud. I find it hard to verbalize. Internalizing just what it I feel. makes sense, but yeah, verbalizing. reading stuff like reading stuff and and texting it and going, oh yeah, I feel that. But then as soon as I say it, I sound. I know my ego is going. What are you talking about? Like, right? Do you know what I mean? And I need to figure out how to get past that. But um, I was going to ask you that later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll come back because <laughs> I want to talk about. The starship. Yes. Um, but, Branchy, you probably know more about this than me. Well, yeah, the starship. So who did you say on Antara, did you say? was Mine's Lily? called the Arutera, yeah. Arutera. And Lily is my 5D self. So aspect. does that mean that you are, that we are a simulation or just part of? Oh, no, okay. absolutely not. I mean, we, we are souls. We are organic beings yeah. of this universe. We have a soul frequency. And we have multiple experiences that are simultaneously occurring. So this concept of past lives or reincarnation is only true from the perception of the third or the fourth dimension. Because of linear time. Okay. Yes. Because as soon as you're in the 5D, there's no time as such, or time is actually a convergence. It's actually spherical. It's very interesting the Which way is that it works. Which is why that interstellar reference is so cool because you're everywhere at once. <laughs> if that everywhere and – Anywhere. It, that's the way Any- they've done it with the boxes is a very fourth dimensional representation. Yes, but we're in a we're in a very three D a three dimensional sort of uh, way of trying to understand it. So they're trying to, I guess, get across to broad the broad public. Would that be the best way? To, yeah, yeah. To, to try and get it across to it's people who don't stone. understand. Yeah, that's what I mean. A stepping, <laughs> it's a stepping stone. Imagine if you don't even understand this concept at all. Yeah. You've never heard it, and then you go straight into that. I guess the way you have to sort of get people on board with those sorts of ideas is through a, a third and dimensional is your, concept. Your five D and ninth D person soul. What do we say? Ninth so, D soul aspect. Are they aware yeah. of you? Oh yeah, absolutely. So my one is aware of me right now. Absolutely. And I they just need to figure out how us. to. <laughs> All right. <laughs> They're like looking it. like so. Okay. Normally, when these types of gatherings occur, what happens is that all of our higher soul aspects will come in because this to me is it, it's kind of like 
it's my mission, it's my work, this is what I do, mm. right? So every time I do a podcast or I do an appearance like this, my starships come in and there's a lot of energy that's flowing through. There's a lot of activations that are coming through. So anyone who's listening to this right now is actually receiving the energetic transmission of everything that I'm saying and your aspects are present in this space as well. Okay, cool. Because when I do – um, I, I listen on YouTube to channelings, I guess, um, and Archangel Michael is one that I resonate with quite heavily. I listen to a lot of those ones. Um, the Galactic Federation of Light, I listen to a lot of those ones. Um, and there's certain people I listen to who I feel have had, um, I won't say credibility, but they've they've said things that I really resonate with. So for me, someone is like Magenta Pixie and the, the Nine. I'm not sure if you're aware of her at all i don't follow many channels to be honest and, th- and this is the thing I'd, i I'm like that because it means that whatever you're receiving is not influenced by other exactly it's really channels. important that i don't yeah. i actually stay out of a lot of those circles because i'd like to just get my guidance direct mm. i like that that's 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 better for that yeah that helps me with what i need to believe because <laughs> i'm very i'm not critical but i like to analyze and and ask questions and delve into it and i i always think all the the spiritual type like i don't me and Branchy don't look like dudes that are <laughs> spiritual types yeah. at all or open to it, but I see, I see everyone mould into almost like the same kind of person, if that makes – not person, but like they wear the same stuff, they do mm. the same things, and I'm like, is that because they've seen that from other people and they take that on or is that themselves? And I think there's always a conflict of do they – do people do that because they see everyone else doing it and they think, think oh, this is what I have to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you go to yes. a high school, you, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you see all the, the pockets of people that all dress like each exactly. other. And well, that's the, yes. that's the like community. I mean, thing. I guess that's a version of the Solomon experiment where, the, you know, people are very, uh, they conform to what's going on around them. You, if you stand up every time there's a beep, if there's 10 people in the room and they stand so up no, every yeah, time the beep, that. that one person will stand up eventually we, we oh they're standing up every time it beeps I must have to do it yeah and is that I guess a version of that like people are like oh I'm in the the hippie style of things I'm in yeah. the, the spiritual evolution <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna wear loose clothes yes. and chains and yes. grow my hair long and get a beard yeah but I mean all repeat stuff they've heard from other people and I like the fact that you don't hmm. do that you're just receiving well, it from yeah we said that before is it a, a confirmation bias like I'm just yeah. saying what other people's saying but if you're saying yeah, I don't listen to most other people, That's to be good. honest. And, yeah. and it really helps me stay centred. Plus, the other thing for me is I'm really big on, instead of giving people information, I actually teach people how to do it. So I am by trade a spiritual mentor, mm-hmm. right? Which means that pe- when people come and ask me for readings and stuff, I say no. I actually used to trans channel many years ago and I stopped doing that because I realised that if I just become the messenger, that's not empowering the person to find their own connection. What's trans channeling? To, when you go into trance, like a like a trance, like probably a lot of the ones you're listening to are trance channels okay. themselves. Yep. And so where they they get a message and then it's they like s- when they actually like uh, let the being come into their body. So you know the ones like um, that's uh, like the ones where they just they change, like their voice changes, yeah. and yep. suddenly it's like a whole other entity coming through. Mm-hmm. That type of channeling. So okay. I used to do that a few years ago. Okay. And you stopped that because of. Because then I actually connected to higher dimensional beings of light and they said to me, they all said the same thing to me, which was that we will never enter your body. You're a sovereign being and don't ever do that. Yeah, Yeah, the sovereignty of your – So I don't listen to any other channels now. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, okay. Wow. Yeah, cool. Um, I like that as well though because that was going to be another question. All my questions you're already answering is like if you're in the business of 
uh, spirituality or psychic medium, I find a lot of people take advantage of people wanting answers and questions and they come to you to hear what they need to hear. Not you, sorry, like come to um, a psychic medium and there's a lot of charlatans and stuff. Mm. But the fact that you want to teach people how to do it, that resonates with me, how to connect. That's way more empowering. Yeah, I actually get really sad when people come to me and they're like, oh, can you just do a reading? And I say no. And they're like, oh, can you just just do a one-off? I'm like, no. I'm like, do you want to do the work? Yeah. Like, do you actually want to do the work? Because I got to where I am by meditating every single day for years upon years. Yeah. Yeah, So. How long do you, were you meditating? Because I tried to do, it sounds bad, but I try to just get like 10 to 15 minutes in a day. And even today. Firstly, you need to do the right kind of meditation. Okay. That's a big one. Cool. So we'll talk about that. Uh, yeah, definitely let's talk about that. But um, time gets away from me sometimes, like today. I, if only I you were in the fifth dimension where it would be yeah. all There's around no you. Yes. It's all <laughs> so like today, I had just too much got away and then I realised, shit, it's in 15, 20 minutes I've got to go. I gotta go do this interview and then I've got the podcast, so I can't do my meditation that I wanted to do. And it's only I only I, I know that if I just do about 15, 20 minutes, like it's better than nothing. But um let's talk about the meditation you should be doing. And then uh, is 15, 20 minutes a day fine? Is that enough? More than enough. So I have a meditation, it's the four foundation practices. It's a 17 minute guided audio, <laughs> and I just get everyone to do that every day. Within 90 days of doing that, people have massive life transformations for putting in 17 minutes a day. Mm. So this is the message yeah. I need to hear because I was going to ask you how I get out of my headspace and into <laughs> my soul and heart space today. So. This I mean, is the one. We'll have to give you guys yeah, a link. We'll, yeah, a link and we'll definitely have a listen. That'll be so good. Yeah. So, And the right way, so guided meditation. Is, well, that, is there a right way? That's good. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. It's interesting you say that is because that's something right that, that grinds my gears um, is when somebody thinks they're better than you because they're more spirit, they're – they think well, obviously I'm the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 13 times, 13 times better. Uh, yeah. You know? Um, but, yeah, and that feeling of like – Oh, I'm above you. I really dislike that somehow. Yeah. And I think that's an ego thing that, I don't know, shuts me off to it. Uh, but in here I'm open to it and then this kicks in and stops me from from doing it. Um, but, yeah, is there a right way to reach ascension? You There's know? actually not. And okay. this is the thing, right? Different meditations have different purposes. I've been cool. teaching meditation for years. My question is, what do you want to get out of the meditation? Because if you want a meditation that is going to help you relax and clear your mind, I would say go do mindfulness. Yeah. If you want a meditation that's going to open up your heart chakra, then I would say come and do one of my meditations. If you want a meditation that's Sick. going to open up your money blocks and bring more abundance in your life, well, I've got a 12-week program for that. Okay, you know? I'll get so, on that one. <laughs> I think I'm already doing it, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty abundant right now. Yeah, well, yeah. this is it, right? Yeah. Med- meditation is just a way that we can access ourselves and you can have meditation for many different purposes, but meditation with intention, mm-hmm. that's where you can really create some powerful change. Now, I know that different different styles of meditation can serve different purposes and there are specific meditations that will allow you to do specific things. For example, the Merkaba light body activation, that's your light ship. When you do that specific meditation, which has a specific geometry and a specific process, you will access your light body and you will access the multi-dimensions. So if someone comes to me and says, Isha, I just want to relax and I have been depressed, I've been experiencing anxiety, I will not give them a Merkaba light body meditation because that'll just be too much for them. I'll awesome. give them a mindfulness practice. not ready for that. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it just depends on what you want and what you're trying to achieve because meditation, you can do everything with meditation. 
The question is, what do you want? Okay, so yeah, it's all down to what you want to experience and what you're trying to achieve. Cool. I like uh, that. That's the perfect message I need to hear. Mm. So. Yeah, that's. I've been wondering for ages. I need to get out of here and into here. I like being up here, but sometimes it blocks me from being open to how a much, lot of other things. How much can you trust that intuitive feeling as opposed to when you know your logical brain starts to? Yeah, I guess that's a good question. For the first time, you went into the thirteenth dimension, and then yeah, started talking to star people. Were you? I freaked out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's it's pretty, quite normal, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Because oh, was yeah. your logic going, what the fuck? Yeah, absolutely. Just yeah. yeah. My first channeling experience, it was spontaneous. It was just, I was lying in bed one night. Suddenly, this voice starts coming through me, and I was just like, oh my God, what is happening? Yeah. I freaked out. I think it took me at least like the first one to one and a half years to really, you know, really get comfortable with trusting these guidances. And it actually wasn't until I had my first very tangible experience of UFOs that I was like, oh my God, holy crap, this is real. Okay, cool. Thanks. Doors open. Here we go. <laughs> Talk about All right. That. So uh, I've said on the podcast before, I think I've said on the podcast before, my UFO experience with Squirrely. Yeah. Uh, but for me, uh, my UFO experience was probably not even extraterrestrial. It was probably just reverse engineered <laughs> cra- crash government programs or whatever. Um, from what I've now read was the, the, the black triangle with the three dots underneath it just sort of spinning slowly above, silently above me and about 15 other people in my front yard um, and then just sort of, Disappeared. Um, very, um, I think, from what I've read, very common experience that one. So I, I don't think that one was actually extraterrestrial. But I've, I've had things recently where I actually said to Delby, I texted him the next morning. I had this intuitive waking up at like two thirty in the morning and saying, "Go outside and look up." So I did, and this was very recently, like um, January this year. So only recently, and uh, yeah, I go outside, take my dog out for the toilet on the front yard, go for for his wheeze and look up and there's lights sort of hovering above and not just not just um, like a light drifting like a satellite, like moving, changing direction, which does not happen um, with those sorts of lights. Two nights in a row that happened. Um, wow. The third night I went out because I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing was there. But um, two nights in a row that happened. Um, and for me that was affirmation. It affirmed for me that there was something more to what was going on because I was, I was getting these messages in my head. Go outside, look up, and it was like for me, it was just like you. You maybe you're doubting things. Maybe you don't know. You think things aren't going the way you thought. And as soon as I got that, I was like, No, you're fucking. You're on the right path. You're thinking correctly. It's all. It's all good. So that's my experiences. Well, good on you for trusting that. I mean, that's the first step, right? A lot of people wouldn't even get that far to be able to trust the guidance because I think, oh, I'm just making it up and then all that self-doubt, all that secondary talk. Self-doubt definitely. I still go, oh, maybe it was a plane. Maybe it was that That still came But what would it be? If if you can see it, doesn't that mean it's in the third dimension? Yes. Oh, and I I, I do have one more thing. I've seen orbs and quite a few of them. Um, Yeah, and people have been with me and not seen what's – fucking right in front of me. Is that different because to Because your auras? frequencies are tuned to it and there's not. I know so many people have had that experience that they'll be standing with someone and they're seeing it. Yes, like clear as day. Clear, yeah, clear as daylight and the other person can't. And it's because your frequencies are tuned to it. Mm. I remember one specific, like so clear as day, walking out of the footy club with my housemate at the time and just this blue orb that would, I, I guess I felt like a, 
a size of a basketball about 100 metres away, over, hovering over another school, just sort of hovering and then boom, straight up into the air. And nice. I was, I sort of. <laughs> what is it? What, what, what's that? I don't what know, but it? I looked at my mate and I went, what the fuck was that? And he's like, what are you talking about? And How I was like, soon was that? Was that your housemate that passed away? No, no, no. Oh. Uh, um, uh, housemate that, uh, but that was what triggered my awakening, um, I think, when he passed away. It was like a traumatic experience. And um, uh, for me, that. Oh, oh, and why yeah. is it that so many traumatic experiences? Yeah, and waken and, people as well. You know, I questioned this myself because mine was also through a breakup, which was very devastating at the time. And mm-hmm. suddenly it was like everything opened up. You know? Yeah, okay. Um, was it when theory, the Backstreet Boys broke up or was it your breakup? <laughs> <laughs> it was mine. <laughs> I, I had just come out of a three-year relationship yeah. where I'd gotten engaged to someone and oh. then, um, yeah, you know, actually the way that it happened, like I still remember this night so clearly, there was this moment where I just turned around and I looked to him and it was like this energy just came into me that wasn't me because I think if it had been me, I wouldn't have done it, right? I had so many attachments yeah. and there was something in me that was just saying, no, Isha, that you just have to do something else. You have to go in a different direction. And this, yeah, this energy just came into me and in the calmest voice, I just turned around and said, look, I just don't think I can do this anymore. And then that was it, you know. And then the next morning I freaked out because I was like, what What did I say that? Like, what just happened? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it almost felt like it happened for me in a way, you know. Yeah. But I know that it was it really, hey. that was my highest self, like really just making that motion to put me into a direction that I really needed to go because I've been having these messages for months before that about, you know, helping people and doing this big thing and, and to be honest, I freaked out. And what I were you doing turned it all at away. the time, like work-wise? Or- so I was, back then I was doing my Masters of Teaching and so I wanted to be a school teacher and I was doing my diploma in Steiner. I thought I'd work with little kids, you know, I thought and that'd be my life. Absolute <laughs> losers do that, <laughs> eh? <laughs> uh, Delby's a school yeah. teacher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was in early childhood actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm high school now. So. But we sort of breezed over it and we got sidetracked there. But uh, – ETs, your UFO. Well, come, just coming back to this trauma yeah, yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, real yeah. quick. Yeah. Oh, we'll I apologise. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. We We're doing four D, five D. Keep well, going. There's Sorry. a lot of open loops here, right yes. now. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, so, with the trauma thing, my theory on that is that it doesn't need to be that way. But at the moment, you know, it, it it's almost like I feel like your soul will do whatever it takes to get you to awaken. Mm-hmm. And if that's what it takes, then then so be it. You know, yeah. it's not the most ideal pathway. And I do know that as more and more people start to awaken, people will start to have spontaneous experiences of awakening that are actually led through love rather than through darkness. I was going to say because I, I, it's such a common thread that trauma causes all these people to be awoken and it's like are they just compensating for that big loss going, oh, like I found happiness now and yeah. I was sad and in it's comparison. It's the fastest way to surrender actually. Because you've, you, you just like whatever, yeah. take it. That's yeah. it. I mean, it, we have these attachments. The ego has these attachments, right? So for me, the, in that relationship, there were so many attachments. And I look back on it now and I'm like, oh, cool. Like actually that wasn't the healthiest of relationships, I which is fine. That, yep. Lots of love and gratitude for what it was at the time. And um, I guess for me, because of those attachments, I never would have stepped into that purpose or had the courage to do what it is that I was here to do. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was the fastest way to do it, yep. you know? And was it – was it the nicest? Possibly not. <laughs> you know, my, my awakening actually was, it was hardcore. Like I was one of those people that 
other people look to me and they they wish they had the kind of awakening that I had because it was literally overnight. Yeah. And then I turn around and I go, no, you really trust me, do not want that. Mm, oh, it's a, 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 <laughs> like a dramatic adjustment. It I was guess. very dramatic. Mine was literally overnight. Like yeah. I woke up one morning and suddenly there it was. And I was just like, what just happened to is my that, reality? Is that what we're seeing now? And I've spoken to Delby about this. Is that what we're seeing now over a prolonged experience? Uh, so people going through things like anxiety, people going through – and this yeah, year, I've been crazy anxiety this year. It, it's very odd. The other day in a green room, and I won't say who was, who was there, but we had this conversation about four or five of us and we all randomly had been experiencing the exact same s- symptoms um, of – yeah. Anxiety, unrest, um, unease. Yeah, uneasiness. Uh, we'd all stop drinking sporadically. Um, it's not a green room like an alien room. It's a green room. <laughs> green room is a comedy, of a comedy class. And they had all been experiencing the same thing, and, and no one could pinpoint it down. And I mentioned what we've been talking about, and one of them, who's a very really. Uh, he's a good critical thinker. He just said, "Yes, but what is five D? I just, I, I'm not." He's, he didn't not buy in. He just said, "I just want to understand. I want to know because he felt himself that there was something else, um, yeah. but he's not willing to just believe." Willy nilly, willy nilly. You're blind. Blind faith is a big trigger for me. Um, now that you say that, and I was mm. going to bring that up with you as well. Like, I think because I've got really bad experiences with. Uh, the Christian church and how it's affected uh, my family and people being taken complete advantage of it because of blind faith. And I think that's a block as well for mm. me with – because of like you look at these super churches in America where all the pastors are just loaded mm. and asking them to donate the money that they got from COVID to, the, to them and to the church. Mm. And I don't like putting it in the same barrel of spirituality and I really want to like let myself go but then I've got that logic trigger going mm. – Oh, this is very similar to that, and that's like a like a block, a, like a block. Yeah, is that something that you find, or is that just maybe being a full weirdo? It's, <laughs> like, like, it's understandable. Know? Yeah, yeah it's the, completely understandable. You know, especially if you've had an experience that involves religion or spirituality yeah. that's been negative, then of course there's going to be that part of you that wants to be a little bit more cautious. Mm, spirituality, I'm all for. Mm. Christian, like religion, I don't think I agree with and dogma. It's quite a dogma. Is I don't like being a hypocrite. If I rip on someone for diving deep into a church and then I dive deep is, into spirituality, I'm like, oh, I'm a hypocrite of myself. Is dogma the word you? Is that the one that describes like it is a rigid pathway? This is what it is. Is that? I think that's I what dogma think, is in a religious context. Sure. So whereas you're saying this is like I have my own path. I have my not my own rules, but yeah, you, yeah. Uh, different meditations for different experiences. Those it's sorts also of just being a hypocrite of of what I detest mm. or what I see and I'm like that's and then I'm like oh I, w- I want to do this and then it's like a block going oh if you do that then you, you're a hypocrite and you contradict yourself um, but then also questioning um, is it a negative thing to want to question and find out spirituality or are you supposed to just go yep this is it I think it's naive to believe everything thrown at you. I'm huge for discernment. I'm huge for finding your own truth. Um, I mean, one of my big, big, big philosophies is I love teaching people how to actually discern between frequencies because that's something that isn't taught. Mm. You know, there's a lot of people out there that would just say, this is good, this is bad, this is right, this is wrong, you should believe this, you should believe that. And then all the channels out there that are just propagating all these different messages, how many of them are actually teaching people to find their own truth? Very, very few. Mm. You know, and this is where I step in and I'm like, come on, guys. 
you need to do the work. I resonate yes, with that. Very heavily. Big time. That's First good. person to mm. put it so well. Mm. Yeah, because a lot <laughs> I find uh, it's almost like, yeah, you know, listen to me. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. They, I'm correct. Yeah. I'm right. I'm like, going to tell uh, you. I tell all my students, don't believe a word I say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I also tell all my students that they will leave the program and ditch everything I've taught them because if I've taught them correctly, I give them the keys to their own universe and it's yeah. up to them what and they do with it. And they'll find their own path. All right, I'm yeah. in. And they do. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, they do. They, everyone just goes off in their own different ways and I'm like, cool, great. Sick. But, this so, is what we are talking about before. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like who's yeah. to say that the pathway I'm travelling right now is not the right pathway to get where I need to? Well, you need to experience Clearly. everything you need to experience. Yeah. Like that's I think that's what it is. You If I if I can just, you know, give people the the how, then it's it's not about the what. And I think a lot of people are too busy promoting the what rather yeah. than the how. Mm. The how is the piece that actually gets you into your heart space and allows you to discern your own truth. Because if you're just going to believe everything that everyone says about what's happening with ascension and what's happening with timelines and all the dimensions, everyone's going to have a different perspective. Mm. Sick. Right? Good. And when, at what point do you actually drop in and find your own truth? And what I want to do is teach people how to do that because I'm really big on teaching a man to fish. Right. When you teach a man to fish, they have fish for life. And I want everybody to have the experience of their own truth and the experience of their own knowing. And at the end of the day, if they then take the tools I give them and come up with their own understanding, great. Like I'm not trying to create duplicates of myself. I just want people to find their own wisdom. And when people have that, then it's the most empowering thing for them. Yeah. It's just sad at the moment that a lot of people don't have that because this is the thing. So many people are willing to give their power away. You know, I had a massive rant in a Facebook group just a few days ago because somebody posted in there, hey, I'll give you a free reading. And then like all these people commented saying, give me a reading, give me a reading, give me a reading. And then this person was a scammer, turned around and inboxed everyone saying that you had some negative spirits and now you have to pay me a ton of money. <laughs> and I was like, Fun I was like, cool, like that guy's an idiot, like block him. But why the fuck are you guys yeah. asking for it? <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you asking for a reading in the first place when you are perfectly capable of understanding your own energy field if you're willing to do the work? Everyone wants a shortcut. Yeah, and it's like it's the same with everything. There are no shortcuts in this. Yeah. So we we'll get we'll get to the. That's a- why people we- ask you. That's why we're like, oh, what about the aliens? <laughs> yes, but really, you should be telling us, hey, this is how you yeah how you get there, and you can find out for yourself. Because we will get to you the can. the aliens <laughs> in a moment. But um, on that, uh, what we what you were just uh, what I was speaking about before are the these symptoms of the broader, oh, wider yeah. community. St- starting to adjust to the higher frequencies and where are these frequencies coming from? Also something I have very strong opinions on. (laughs) Sorry. So here's the thing, right? Okay. Like attracts like. So coming back to this example of you and your peers all having this experience, right? Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, wow, I feel the same way. Well, you guys, I'm going to assume, spend a lot of time together. And so – energetically there's a lot of synchronization happening between you and this group of people so it's not surprising that you're all experiencing the same symptoms now one of the things i really dislike is when people start going on and on about ascension symptoms there's no such thing as ascension symptoms the only reason people experience symptoms in ascension and i say it with those quotation marks because true ascension doesn't have symptoms True ascension is an integration of higher frequencies and higher light into the body. It's only when you have resistance resistance that you feel the symptoms. Yeah. Ascension symptoms are not real. So just by so it's almost like letting go and just letting it all take over. I am be. light. How can light affect light oh, negatively? That makes so much sense. 
When the higher so light comes in sense. on every full moon and every gateway, I I haven't experienced ascension symptoms in years. Now I say that with a lot of love and compassion for people who are experiencing them because I did go through a phase where I was and then I realized that I am an empowered being and that I can change my frequency and that I can choose my frequency. And when I started doing these specific meditation practices, actually the four foundations, which I now get all my clients to do as well. When I started doing those practices on myself, I actually found my own center. When I found my own heart star and my own light within, no moon can affect that. Like how, how I just find how idiotic do humans have to be to think that anything else out there is more powerful and can affect them more than themselves. We are the most powerful magnificent beings in this universe. If you understand your grandness and you understand fully who you are as a light worker, as a soul, as a being of light, then how can any frequency affect that? The whole thing becomes absolute bullshit. Yeah. Mm. Right? Well, it's, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, it's always the thing that when people, and it's gotten, take it aside from spirituality, it's when people are like, oh, they piss me off. It's like, no, mm. you let them piss you off. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, oh, you know, I'd, I'd fucking be here if it wasn't for this guy. It's like, no, that's you. That's fucking, it's all you. So is and, it? Yeah, is that is that people like Buddha and Jesus Christ? Are these people who just realize this and they're just trying to teach people that? Is that what I think so. I they just so. <laughs> they're not they're not like you know um, divine beings. They are literally just people who figured it out and understood and it. Higher. But perhaps That's how had I feel about perhaps it. had yeah. um, instantaneous awakenings like yourself. I'm not sure, but um, I know Buddha went and meditated under a tree for thirty or forty days to figure it out. But um, yeah. But he was also a prince. <laughs> oh, but that's why he, he stopped. Yeah, that's right. He yeah. he finally seen all the darkness and, yeah. and went and tried to f- figure out what happiness is. I guess allegedly. But, I mean, I wasn't yeah, there. Well, well, this guy. If in I the can get to the fifth so. dimension, <laughs> yeah, I'll be out of time. Go back and figure <laughs> well, it actually out. I do see these beings in my meditations quite a lot. So yeah, wow. Jesus used to come to me in my dreams all the time, and I, you know, like I've. I'm not baptized or anything like that, but I did go to a Catholic school. And so I grew up with the stories of the Bible. And one of the things that I always love is this concept of you are made in the image and likeness of God. And so when I feel like really feel the resonance of that statement, like I I can fully truly understand that, that we are beings of the light. You know, we really are of that same essence that is God, that is Christ, that is, you know, everything in this universe. Because for me, everything in creation is part of that, that consciousness. Now, at the same time, I do believe that Jesus is is a soul and energy and he does have a very, very high frequency. You know, like we talk about this Christ consciousness Christ, yeah. and this Christ consciousness, he was actually the living embodiment of that full Christ consciousness. And that's something that um, – like that would have been a first for history, right? For for human history. And so in that sense, I see how he's like, you know, special in that sense. But then people talk about the coming of Christ. And to me, the coming of Christ has always felt like the returning of Christ consciousness into the hearts of all beings. Yeah, so I don't yes. I don't believe that Christ is actually going to come floating down on a cloud and, you know, save the world. It's like we're in the awakening right now and that all of us can connect with Christ. I really deeply connect with Christ and I connect with Krishna and I connect with Lakshmi and I connect with some of the Greek gods and goddesses and I connect with, you know, star family. Because to me, they're all just souls and they're all beings and they all carry into individual frequencies so I don't discriminate between different religious groups it's just around 
Uh, like, so for example, this morning in my meditation, Lord Rama appeared to me for the first time ever and I've never had that before. Wow. And I was like, oh, wow, like he's obviously here for a reason. And so I was able to connect in with that because I'm open enough that I don't reject any of these energies. How do you does, know who I was going to say, does he say, what up, I'm Lord Rama? Or are you like, <laughs> Intuitive do you have that feeling? It's a feeling. Yeah. Every okay. being has a very specific frequency that I feel. So when I'm connecting with Jesus in my meditations, he's got a very specific frequency and often comes to me in a gold light. If I'm connecting with Mother Mary, um, she's one that actually is very strong for me. I get a, a smell of roses every time she's the energy is present. Um, and this particular one this morning, it took me a little bit to get it because I haven't connected with Lord Rama before, but he came in my meditation and then I just I looked at him and then I just felt, yeah, I just felt it. It was like, oh yeah, that's him. It was like a familiarity. Who is it? I don't know the... Yeah, no, I don't know. The, the seventh uh, avatar of Lord Vishnu coming through the Hinduism cool. pathway. Okay. And mm. I guess if we're on the topic of religion, do you think that all the different reli- – because everything in each religion seems to sort of match up in some form of way or another. <laughs> is that just different interpretations or is that different reincarnations of that a certain frequency just going through human form? Or what's your opinion on all the different religions that have come in? Has it all – have they looked at the same event and viewed it differently or have they all had – Oh, you mean like um, the, the Great Flood and well, – Yeah, and yeah, just like everything Everything it. is very mm. similar mm. in a lot of religions, yeah. which I find funny because there's so much war about who's right. But uh, right. Even, underlying values is always very yeah, cause he, similar when you cut through it's it. It's love. Ultimately yeah, all religions really. teach mm. love. Yeah. Can we put it into practice? Well, there's the real isn't the, question, isn't it? What do they call it? The golden rule is the one that's in almost every religion. Yeah, do earth. unto others as you have done unto you. Yeah. yeah, it's in everything. Yeah. Yeah. So just just, just be cool, like, man. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> people cool. like you want to be Love your neighbours, guys. Yeah. Love everyone. <laughs> that's a really that's a that's a good one. But um Yeah. yeah. Aliens. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say the souls before aliens, but- Oh, yeah, no. Go. It's all the same. Different colors. Actually, yeah. yeah. Leave the aliens towards the end for the listeners to just oh, keep dragging I reckon, them out. Well, let's just whatever timeline hits back. We'll yeah, just, yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's, all, it's all the same. Yeah, it's, it's all the, all same. the same. Yeah, like, so, so the beings that I connect with that I call star family, yes. some of them have had incarnations on this planet and some of those incarnations have been as- like figures that we know. Mm-hmm. So, for example, uh, some people talk about Ashtar, you know, and Ashtar is um, quite known as he's kind of like the leader of the in the Galactic Federation. He's got the Ashtar Command. Ashtar Command. A lot of people yeah. talk about him. And so he actually, incidentally, is the uncle of my 5D soul aspect, Lily, if we're going to speak in familial terms like that. Again, yeah. not as linear, but mm-hmm. for the sake of human languaging, <laughs> let's just call him that. Um, and so we have these different souls, right? And now Ashtar was on earth as Toth. And so it, this is where there's connections between Egyptian mythology and then their star family and like different religious groups. And I look at it and I go, okay, cool. I can see how there's on one level, you're looking at the soul level of the things and then you're looking at the what actually happened in the 3D on earth. And you can start to find the correlations between the different incarnations of these beings that we see in the higher dimensions and then who they actually played in terms of the roles they had on earth. Like so is that um I guess when they when they when you talk about like the the ancients uh like Toph and a certain thing is that I guess um I sort of I can't really explain what I'm trying to say. Um is that oh fuck I, I can't really explain it. Well, get your five day dude to come through. And we'll, yeah, uh, no, no, we'll no. Connect. Is it is it more like uh, say amnesia? We've forgotten and we and we're trying. Ah, to- yeah. So like. 
back in ancient, where they reckon that was an advanced civilization. Yeah. And mm. then it's all been wiped out and we've forgotten. Yeah. Got so like this a soul amnesia almost. Yeah. So this yeah, critical thing, this yeah. critical thinker that I was speaking of before in the green rooms, had, we had a, a little message thread a couple of days later <clears throat> about this stuff. And he said, there's no, there's no doubt that the ancients would have had um, these sorts of, I guess, when you say spiritual um, awareness or that would have been far more spiritually evolved because that's what they were putting all of their effort and, and energy into. There energy was no into. iPhones. There and was nothing else. So, they, of course, they might be spiritually uh, a bit more, uh, yeah, advanced than us and, and we've just sort of forgotten these these sort of concepts. Is that, uh, is that, does that, does that resonate with you? So, yes, that's – yeah, it's a little bit more complex than that. So basically what happened was Earth used to be in 5D. So this is not new for planet Earth. We've already been in the fifth dimension. Yep. And yeah, some people talk about ancient Atlantis, ancient Lemuria. We've already had the experience of higher dimensional life on this planet. Then what happened was there was a declining in frequency. And planets do go, go through ascension and descension frequently. This yep. is not a just a one-off thing that Earth is experiencing. Planets are always shifting in Is vibration. that like the magnetic field as well or is that completely different? Because you know um, how that changes over time. There's, there's fields but yep. there's also soul consciousnesses. So so Gaia has actually asked for this planet to go from a 3 to 5D ascension. This is her wish. She wishes for this to happen. Who's, and then who's that? Gaia, like yeah. planet Earth Gaia, like the soul. So mother, mother Earth? Yeah, every yeah. planet has a soul. Every yeah. planet is actually uh, like a consciousness. Cool. So, so Gaia is the soul that is planet Earth. So planet okay. Earth, if you think about it in a way, is like her body in yep. a sense, right? Yeah. And so she's asked for this ascension, has requested it, and so now all the souls that are coming to planet Earth at this time are aware that the planet is going through this process of ascension. And there's, there's so many intricacies in this because, see, planet Earth was designed as a planet where beings from all over the multiverse could come and they could experience life in a physical form type of matter. Because if we're okay. outside of Earth or in a non-form setting, then we're just – we're light. Like I, I was going to say, like, light. can we experience life on, like, other planets in other dimensions but just not as, as this form? In, in different forms. Yeah. I, I'll get to that yeah, in a sec. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So, so when we're talking about this ascension process, mm-hmm. you know, there's the Gaia who's asked for it and every soul who's come to this planet has agreed on a soul level to be a part of it. Now, one like of the things that happened – I don't like the word contract. Okay. It's an, an understanding. Agreement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, an understanding. It's yeah. a conscious agreement that we've all made. Okay. And, and agreements can change as well. We're yep. not actually bound by anything and karma is lifting. Okay. Has actually gone. I'll get to that too. Yeah, cool. So good. <laughs> so in this process of descension, one of the things that happened was that in the three D, that full level of conscious connectedness to the five D unified field was lost. It was forgotten. It's not that we're not connected to source. It's just a case of how aware are we of that connection. And so as the planet continued to descend in frequency, it part of this was because of what happened in Atlantis. So there was a misuse of technology. People tried to reverse the Merkaba. The whole thing flooded, so, so on and so crystal. forth. What's a Merkaba? The Merkaba, which is the light body. Light body. Okay. Yeah. Is and that through crystals? I heard you say that before. The use of that. crystals? Um, or is that a vibe? There was there was a lot going on at that time. Some of it was crystals. Like I I can tell you what I remember because I do have some memories of my lifetime in Atlantis and a lot of us have been there. You got to do the work, Branchy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. So I was actually part of I was actually part of um, when Atlantis was sinking. I was one of the people that led it into that without knowing it. So there are a bunch of us that thought we were doing the right thing mm-hmm. 
and we thought that this would be the way to actually help the civilization, and it turned out it wasn't. And then we realized our mistake, and it was too late. Republicans. <laughs> 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 yeah. And okay. so I do have conscious memory of that. And then you know, my soul went through that experience. Um, and then in this lifetime, I remembered pieces of that because one of my big things is you know I like I'm, I'm very consciously aware that my role is to reach a lot of people. Like I'm about to just become the next like. Like, you know, Oprah when it comes to spirituality. And I don't say that lightly. Oprah. <laughs> and uh, it's it's now to do it in a way that we lead people into the light, knowing that, you know, there are things we did in the past that didn't work out. And so with that conscious awareness, we can make different choices, right? Yeah. So that's why I've had to remember some of these things to make sure that we don't do what we did last time and so that we can actually do it properly and, mm. you know, maintain the integrity of the frequencies that we're working with. So – um, yeah, I guess, you know, going back to the souls, it's like there's there's star family, there's ancient civilizations, there's been a declining in the frequency of the planet and then people have essentially just forgotten who they are. Now, as the planet is relifting its frequency up into the 5D, people are having spontaneous awakenings and people are starting to remember their past lives and starting to tap into this consciousness. Um, and so it's just now a process of, you know, recognizing that we as a civilization, as a human race, have free will in this. Mm-hmm. And if enough people ask for this and just ask to connect with star family, then they're going to connect. They're all just, they're waiting, but they can't, you know, a lot of people say, Isha, why don't the starships just land and suddenly everything's fixed? Mm. Two reasons. One, free will. And free two, will, yeah. because people would freak out. And if it if people freak out, it creates fear and fear would create a very destructive timeline. Mm. So, and oh, does that lower your frequency as well? <coughs> well fear? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Everything's frequency I've, in this yeah. universe. I've, I've thought about that myself before in regards to why don't they just land? And well, It's just like you go, well, why they, doesn't this baby run? I straight, away, I straight away thought – in my head, what if one was to just float above my head right now and come down now? I'd fucking shit it. Exactly. I, I would, sh- and I'm open to it. I'm ready for it, and I would shit it. So, how- if you're American, you'd shoot it. So, so it's a bit different. How? Yeah. So how how else would the mass population? Well, isn't this react? your conspiracy 1%. about the um, government slowly? Oh, um, slowly soft, uh, soft disclosure. Us? Has so, that got yeah. anything to do with Is what that- you think? With what? It's actually happening. So when yeah, the election the happened, time. there was a thing that got released that um, there's now 90, mm. I think 90 or 89 days from today yeah. Yeah. that they have to actually do a disclosure of the things that but have, do, And yeah. we spoke yeah. about this. Do you think they'll do you think they'll only put out what they legally have to or what they've what they've done that isn't in the secret programs? Look, I don't know. Actually, I feel like they'll put enough out the, to the make people go, meditation oh. that we did the other day, the 27th one, our intention, my back end intention for that was mm-hmm. to energize the timeline where a lot actually does get revealed. Cool. So again, this is like, you know, we do have a say and we do have the capacity to change. I think people seem to forget that we are still, whether we're aware of it or not, we are consciously creating in every moment. Yeah. Right. Whether we know that we're doing it or whether we don't, our frequency is creating our future constantly. It's just, it's inevitable from a universal law perspective. Mm-hmm. So the second that we recognize that we can make a choice, we can literally just say, hey guys, this is the timeline I intend to happen. Mm-hmm. And just putting that conscious intention out there into the universe can make a massive, massive difference. We've definitely experienced that. Oh, I was talking to Delby about this the other day. I've definitely since. Um, the start of this year, I've experienced it massively. Adelby has as well. 
uh, like manifestation, like experiencing mm. consciously, experiencing the the life you want to live. And I I said to Delby, I want a studio for the podcast. Um, my wife Jess that she kicked us out, but it, and it sort of was, but <laughs> <laughs> but she manifested it. But really. I really like, I want my husband yeah. out of the house. See, she did, yeah. So, well, but I, but I wanted a studio. We've got a studio. I wanted to start doing stand up comedy, and Delby fucking somehow, well, Delby and Buddha and a few people, I got a fucking spot doing stand up comedy in Regal Theatre, and I'm not that great, but it's still regardless, I still got a spot doing stand up comedy at Regal Theatre, and to manifest that sort of stuff within three months of me just wanting to do it is ridiculous. It took but me it, 34 years to manifest a girlfriend. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but for you, that girlfriend, that, that came about almost instantly yeah, from that, from the 21st. Yeah, it um, did. Of, and it, yeah. Well, she said I came to her in her meditations and, and um, yeah, I dreamt that I was with her and then wow. she, manif- she would say I kept coming to her in her med- uh, meditations. Mm. Um yeah, it's kind of out of nowhere, and she's right into this stuff. So yeah, um, this is exactly what I needed to hear. Yeah, well, I'm into it, but I just need more info. Yeah, so yeah, because I'm terrible at explaining it to you. <laughs> I just send you like random messages. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I've I've gone through it from a different perspective. I read a lot of psychic mediums and mm. um, like uh, past life stuff and reincarnation and journey of souls. I don't know if you've read that. Have you? I'm excited at all. Um, but yeah, and that's brought me to being able to even talk about stuff with mm. you, and, and now I'm learning about oh, I more could, stuff, which I, I like to critically analyze. But all this mm. seems pretty cool to me. I can't, but like the first, the first time I spoke about this publicly on the podcast with with Mandy about episode seven, I think we're at like episode sixty five or something like that, and I felt so anxious posting the 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 actual whole episode because I'd saying stuff like this and I'd never said this to almost anyone. And then I just said it in a public forum. Now I've, we've just done an, with like an hour and a half into a podcast where I've just talked about UFOs that I've seen, yeah. uh, me believing in fucking past lives and meditation and all these things that I would have, I couldn't believe I would two or three years half ago. Half of our listeners I, right now are going, what are the boys on about? Yeah. What the fuck are these yeah. guys doing? But like, uh, you'll get there. <laughs> no, no, I just uh, – Isn't that little part of you uh, – maybe this is me just speaking about me here. There is that little part of me that's like at some point just waiting to be like, told you so. Yeah. There is that. Yeah, that's, a trigger, that's a trigger for me <laughs> as yeah, well. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. I say it anyway. Yeah. I don't want to be yeah, like that, but yeah. I'm like, let's just acknowledge that tiny little piece. Yeah. Yeah. There is a, cup, a bit of that, but I, I've told myself if it was – if I am on the right path and these are the things that – I would never be an I told you so person. Well, this is the – Message I need but to I, hear I sort well. of I do want to say it because I learned. <laughs> I find it funny. Yeah, I, I learned I through experience. Have that little bit of humor, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, because when the per- when we get there, when I get there, yeah, I'm gonna be like, yeah, you, you fucking did. Told me it's my ego. <laughs> to be fair, you're right. When, <laughs> it, when it actually happens, I think what will realistically happen is I'll just be like, yay, and then I'll welcome all these beautiful people with loving hearts and loving arms. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think the the moment? Because I like okay. to experience, okay. and that's knowing that I have to do the work is good for me. Everything else, I believe, and I've had to experience it myself mm. and go through. Not trauma, but really fucked up shit to actually confirm it. Um, so I like, I like this. I like being able to. I want to do the work. So with with regards to ascension and the mass awakening, um, you said there's a there's a, a moment you think will happen. I don't know uh, if you think there's a specific moment that will change everything or what it is. But is there 
um, I keep seeing and reading and hearing that there are frequencies that are and light basically coming down to earth that are helping the the mass population start to awake. Is that what's happening? And and how does that work? Is that the reptilian or the Anunnaki or <laughs> conspiracy, or is that something else that you've been talking about? No, that, that yeah, the mass awakening, just like as in activation, sort of trying to help the mass awake awakening. Happen. So there were two key points. One was December. Um, in 2012. Yep. And then the other was December 2020 mm-hmm. on the solstice. Both of those were two key dates where we could have had that possibility of that mass awakening. Like, like that a solar real, flash or like yes, a, yep. And that like like the event that some people refer to as yeah, like the a event. big event. Mm-hmm. Neither of those timelines actually activated. And this is what happened at Uluru, right? Because mm-hmm. Some elements of that did go through, but some of the major pieces that were meant to come in didn't actually come in. And so the full solstice activation didn't 100% go through in the level of speed that some of us were hoping. One of the things that didn't happen and was also one of the reasons I was in Uluru, if the absolute optimal timeline had activated prior to the solstice, Mm -hmm. what would have happened is the starships would have landed on the top of Uluru and that would have been the first contact. So I was there to actually Fuck be yeah. that anchor for the starships. Australia, so boy. Yeah. Australia's <laughs> going to be one of the first. We're actually going to be one of the first. Wow. So, yeah, so Uluru was supposed to be that place and that was a Point. massively charged potential up until hours before. And this is where shit just went down in Uluru and everything went topsy-turvy, like on the day. On the day, everything yeah. just went haywire. I was seeing this when was I was watching so live streams. Explain, because, I, I, yeah, I missed well, just as in like I was seeing think timelines or like uh, certain um, ceremonies that were meant to happen at certain times were being pushed and so maybe you can explain. Well, COVID yeah. happened for starters. So yeah. we were there. So some of us were there for the conference, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we were meant to go to Uluru. We weren't actually, to be clear, just for anyone who's listening to this, mm-hmm. I got it. I don't know if you guys saw what happened to my social media afterwards. I might briefly mention it later. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got done for this on social media. But anyway, the point is, <laughs> yes. the point is, We, at the conference, had a little ceremony planned for the 21st. Not at the Rock because the elders were meant to be at the Rock. We had no intention of going to the Rock. That was not the plan. Mm -hmm. We were going to go to a separate little spot away from the Rock and do our own little ceremony and that was the plan. And a bunch of other people and elders and people that we didn't know were going to do their own thing at the Rock and that was their Indigenous ceremony. Mm -hmm. So cool. Was that just by chance that um, the Indigenous uh, prophecies matched up with what you guys were doing? I don't know the exact details yeah. of it. What I do know is that there was a lot of crosswires. Yeah, and like yeah, I yeah. said, going into it, I intentionally did not look at any of the yep. stuff because I just got guided not to. They just said, just rock up, be there, do your own thing. And so I did okay. my own thing. A lot unfolded afterwards. And again, there were so many mixed stories because I had the Strongs telling me one thing. I had the conference people telling me one thing. I had the Indigenous people telling me one thing. I'll tell you what I did. So... So on the day of the solstice, uh, actually the day, the grand conjunction, the afternoon before. So on the twentieth in the afternoon, mm-hmm. a bunch of people got letters under their door saying that they had to quarantine immediately if they had arrived from Sydney, mm-hmm. and a bunch of the. Um, conference organizers had come from Sydney, and so they were in immediate lockdown. The vibe of the whole conference just completely dropped. Mm. Everyone was just like, "What the heck is going on?" It just shit just got real like super real and we knew that there was just like energies coming in that were trying to stop what it is that we were doing for this ascension and then 
on the day of the solstice, they announced that Uluru would be closed to everyone, including the Indigenous people. So naturally everybody was like including up in arms the Indigenous. How can it be closed to the, closed to the Indigenous if it's theirs? Yeah. If it's theirs. I don't yeah. know. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And it's like all. All I know is we got told that nobody was allowed to mm. go there, mm-hmm. and so we're like, okay, cool, no worries. Now, what happened for me, and this is just me. I'm not representing any other party that was there at this time, and I say this very tactfully. <laughs> um, when I was in Uluru on my own guided mission that had nothing to do with anyone else or any other party. On the day of the solstice, I happened to be at the campgrounds at about, I think, 5 p.m. or whatever it was, and some of the people that were going to be participating in this event at the rock, they couldn't go to the rock, and so they actually had a fire ceremony and a meditation in the campgrounds far, far away from Uluru, Mm -hmm. just in the resort area that's a public area, right? Yeah, yeah. So myself and a couple others from the conference ended up being at this event and we participated in a smoking ceremony and it was beautiful. Like actually the, you know, the meditation itself was so powerful. We sat in silence facing the rock as per the instructions from the elders and it was absolutely gorgeous. We had the men doing their thing on one side, we had the women doing their thing on the other side. It was just gorgeous mm-hmm. and you could really feel the energy, you know. I, it was I, just so I was involved powerful. and I knew where I was. I can, I can remember where I was at the time and I – face the direction in which I... Right, yeah. right. And that, that was the guidance, right, from the elders that came through was that wherever you are in the world, you face the direction of the rock and you send your energy you mm-hmm. know, to the rock. And so we did that and it was amazing. Um, anyway, there was just a lot of politics and stuff that went down after that because the people couldn't go to the rock and et cetera, et cetera. And there was just collectively, energetically, there was a lot of just this frequency of division Mm. um, because my personal feeling of this was that we were all there for the same common cause but then there was a lot of politics around um, apparently the Indigenous people had told others not to come to the conference um, and that they didn't want the conference to go ahead and just a whole bunch of stuff that happened and then – but apparently that conference had been running every year on that same time for like five years leading up to that. So why this time was any different, mm. you know what I mean? So there was just, there was politics between all these different parties and I didn't actually know any of this until I got there. Mm. I just happened to be caught in the crossfire of the whole thing because I was one of the few people that went to the conference but actually attended this thing with the Indigenous people, got completely done on social media for I had my face turned into a meme and then three weeks later got banned on Facebook. So, <laughs> <laughs> so come Culture cancelled, deleted, gone, done and dusted. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was my experience of it. Yes, because I, I remember reading and I was looking and uh, watching the, the live numbers and there was a fucking lot of people watching. My meditation reached like 50,000 people. Yeah, I was watching it was like 50 <laughs> or oh, I thought it was 50 or 60,000 at yeah, one stage. Was and I was like, lot. fuck, there's a lot of people watching. Yeah. Who is this uh, person that I'm trying to uh, get uh, like follow and, and learn from and then sort of. Yeah, gone. <laughs> like um, yeah. Well, then my account was gone, and I was like, oh, okay, that was the end of that. So. Yeah. <laughs> so what's what do you think was the thing that was stopping? Is that what people could refer to as the devil? Well, I think division is a, a tactic, isn't it? I, or I feel division is a, a, one of the. Well, if biggest- everyone was there let's, to do Let's something. really simplify this, right? If if humanity had been unified enough on the solstice, and if the people had all just realized that we're all working together, mm-hmm. then the starships could have landed. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And so, so why division, and I, I mean in not in, in every aspect that it's been, um, it's being sort of pushed. Like we can talk religious, we can talk race, we can talk anything. There's division everywhere in the world, and I think it's a tactic 
in my it's being amplified anyway. Divide and conquer. Div- the British have been doing it. For yeah. What is it? Divided <laughs> we fall, united we we stand. stand. Yeah. yeah. And and that is the thing. So I, I feel like something like that is it is it's a div- device division is a bit of a. It's something that it doesn't help the collective evolution. Yeah, of I also the, of just want to really acknowledge as well, um, just in this particular scenario, what also happened was a lot of emotion got brought up to the surface um, because just relating to the people that were there and um, like the conference and there was a lot of anger um, from a lot of the Indigenous people understandably. Like mm-hmm. I actually have so much love and compassion for the situation after I realised what was happening mm-hmm. um, because it had to do with like the land and, you know, the song lines and, and I'm not going to pretend like I fully understand it because I really don't. I think there's so much wisdom that Indigenous people have that I it can't even remotely comprehend. Yeah. Um, I just wish, and this was my wish at the time, I just wish that people had recognised and respected each other enough to realise that at the end of the day we all wanted the same thing. Mm. What we wanted was a beautiful lifting in frequency and um, – and it was a little sad to see that there wasn't that level of mutual respect for other humans because of what was happening politically. And and to be fair, from what I could see, a lot of it seemed to be between like between Indigenous mobs and then with the people that were at the conference and stuff like that. So it was just – it was a lot of bickering. There was a lot of um, nastiness that was happening in that space. And, mm. and what saddened me was the fact that we couldn't just recognise that everybody wanted the same thing because we did. Our intention was all the same. Everybody mm. had gathered there on the 21st to raise the frequency of ourselves on the planet. Mm. And people, people like myself, for example, my guidance hadn't come from anyone but myself. And that's, that for me was always going to be number one. Yep. What no matter what, what anyone says, it's it's the sovereignty of being on this planet and having that internal guidance to know this is where I need to be at this time. And because I've been doing earth work for years and years and years, so this mm. is nothing new for me, you know. Yeah. And so there was just not enough of that unified field for the full convergence to happen, but it was still a beautiful event. And essentially, the the effect of that was that we're still we're still on track. Like we're still very much on track for ascension. It's just that this little interim phase where we're now in a fourth dimensional vibration is just going to take a little bit longer. I feel like someone called it the pause, like a, a bit of a just a like the the last breath before we we go under the, the plunge, if that makes sense. At the moment. That's an interesting way to look at it. Um, I definitely still feel there's a massive acceleration happening mm-hmm. and there's been a number of things, corrections, I would say, that staff family have come in to assist with since the solstice because the full convergence didn't quite happen in the sense of like a big event or a big mass awakening. It's just taking a few more steps to get there. So a few of us have been doing extra like planetary work meditations and things like that just to keep that momentum going so that whatever didn't quite get through on the 21st is still happening over the next year or so. Well, can I be devil's advocate there? Because this is drawing a lot of parallels to me. Like my brain's going, why is there always something promised and then it doesn't happen? And then like you said, the December 2012 Mm -hmm. Well, who's the one promising it? Well, like like Branch, you'll send me stuff and say, oh, there's going to be this happening. I know your point exactly, like you haven't said you're promising it, but all the other ones that are pushing it, oh, this is going to happen then. And then it doesn't happen. It it pulls parallels to me to Christ is coming. Oh, he hasn't come. Yeah. Yeah. He hasn't come. And who's responsible for that? Mm. We are. Yeah. 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 Right? This is the thing. This is the piece that people don't get. It's like it didn't happen because we weren't ready for it. 
there's no one out there to blame. There's no one out there making promises. There's no one out there that has any right to change it. It's like take one look at humanity and realize that actually it's the people. If you think like, you know, 7.8 billion people on this planet are consciously creating this giant pot of frequency that is creating our reality what percentage of that people right now are actually intending for a 5D earth? It's a, it's a very small percentage. Mm. And as long as free will is a factor, there's, you know, there's there's so much more work to be done. Like honestly, for me, after December 21st, when the full convergence didn't come in, I was like, right, I need my business to go a thousand times faster this year so that I can reach as many people as possible, get my meditations out there to millions and millions of people and just hit the ground running because what else is there to do? Yeah. Right? Like what more can we do other than just keep educating people? And because until enough of us here on the planet consciously will it and consciously choose it, they can't just, it can't just happen like that because we are the ones creating it. And as long as people think that, oh, it's like the other or that something else is responsible, mm. then that's actually keeping it from happening. There shouldn't be a, a time point or a prophecy put yes. on it. It should just be like, let's keep working until, until everyone's yeah. fucking vibrating Well, that's kind of what it is now. There isn't yeah. another date now. There, the re- there was yes. strong reasoning for those two dates, just yeah. to be clear. It was because of certain conjunctions that were happening at a planetary level. And when it... It's, I always explain it as like, um, do you ever play those maze games where you have like little ball and you have to like get the ball into the middle? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when there's certain planetary alignments, it's like all those things just line up and the light can get straight in. Okay. So those particular two dates were extremely powerful and they had the highest probability for some event of that type to occur. But there's always free will, there's always chance, there's always possibilities, there's always multiple timelines. And the way those timelines were fluctuating on the 21st, like every hour stuff was changing. I was sitting there having an internal meltdown at some point because I was like, I can't keep up anymore. I was watching the Schumann resonance and just it was it was wild. Fucking hey? ridiculous. I've never Explains seen any people listening what that is. Schumann resonance is um well, I'll say what I I know from a third dimensional <laughs> point of view, but basically is the the frequency in which the Earth resonates, and, and NASA it's measures measurable. it. Yeah, yeah, NASA measures it for for whatever reason. I'm not sure what they measure it for, but it's we we resonate at like 7.8 hertz or something along those lines, and then we have spikes, and I guess that that goes up and down due to um, like you know solar flares and and certain of energies that are coming through and hitting the Earth, and we see that in the the Northern Lights and stuff like that. We see the radiation hitting and and whatnot, but um, the the average hertz is seven point eight hertz. Um, but it, some of the spikes that we had over, it went to like forty two on solstice, right? At yeah, 7 ridiculous. It was and, so high. And for seven times seven, uh, for seven. an extended period of time, uh, it was like for a long time. You can see, and I I should try and post it maybe on the High Downs page or something like that. But it's a, it's a, like a greeny blue little. Um, a, a, Visualized sort of like a spectrograph, yeah, thing. that yeah. shows you the the, the the spike in it. Well, do you think with stuff not happening, then people's frequency drop because they are disappointed? percent oh, brings everything. I, I feel people felt like a massive disappointment, which dropped the frequency and dropped a little bit. Exactly. I, that's what I felt was happening, and because people had set themselves on this date or set themselves on certain events, uh, so many people had collectively said that on the higher timeline, Trump becomes president. And I and no. it didn't happen. So and and so this is the thing. Like so that was not the high timeline. <laughs> but so which, many, so many people. Which timeline was that? Yeah. So so many people had collectively said that it became a thing, and you could see it with. We talked about this before, just just before how like 
people wanted the same thing. They wanted the same. They wanted the highest result, the highest time. Like you see the U.S. election. People who want Biden to win and people who want Trump to win. They both just want what's best for the country. Yep. And because they disagree, in which the way it happens, they fight against each other. Um, and I don't think that ever works for anything. I I hate fucking, for example, um, Hillary Clinton. I think she's fucking scum. But I know deep down that I have to almost um, let go and understand. I almost have to let go of that hatred for her to actually evolve myself. They have to, I have to have love and empathy for someone who's who's going through that sort of stuff, in my opinion. Um, and... I don't know where I'm going with this, but I guess <laughs> you're talking about people being disappointed when Trump wasn't in. Yeah, uh, I, I, and then Biden. So when they sort of set themselves for a date of ascension, or they set themselves for a, this guy needs to be president, or they set themselves for fucking I need to um, evolve by Saturday at twelve o'clock on this time, and well, this it doesn't is- happen. It does it drop the frequency? It definitely can because disappointment's not a high frequency. And to add to that, it's like. Why Why is your internal state being affected by something outside of you? I was about to say, because then you're relying on – you've got no power. You're throwing away – you're giving yeah, away your like, power. Yeah, it's like are you going to be happy when the planet ascends or does the planet ascend because you're happy? Yeah. Yes. Right? Mm. If we find that joy and we find that, that love frequency within, that that is how the planet's going to ascend. There's nothing outside of ourselves in that. And I've been feeling that recently, like just the last couple of days. Even just yesterday, I just had this moment of fucking – it's just bliss. I was with my daughter at the beach. It, the sun goes. It went, the sun went down, and she, my daughter thinks the sun's going into the water, and she's like, "The sun goes into <laughs> the water," and, and it goes down. It goes below, and then she was like, "Bye bye," and then we just chilled on the beach. And I was like, "This is happy. This is what it is. Like, I don't need to be fucking making millions of dollars. I don't need to be trying to." prove to anyone that I'm spiritually evolved or anything, this is happy. And I felt like that was a, a like a moment where I was on the right path. Right. Um, it is that simple. It really is that simple. You yeah. know, like finding those little moments of joy in our hearts and, and allowing ourselves to feel the joy that's already there. This planet has given us everything. This beautiful earth that we have has given us everything. Mm. Why, why did we get ourselves in this rat race of technology and ridiculous growth? And, you know, I mean, we can go into – just hoarding of food. It's like the most blissful way to live on this planet is just to go back to basics. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have food, we have water. iPhone one. <laughs> <laughs> PS one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't even need technology. And I mean, this is another rabbit hole, but it's like when you actually understand energy frequency, you don't need technology for communication because actually the World Wide web is a synthetic version of and actually taking people away from their awakening because really when you're fully connected, you can just be telepathic, right? And I experience this with my clients all the time. So, I mean, I'm an energy healer. I teach origin activation. It's an energetic healing modality and I train other coaches in this. And what we experience in our groups when I'm teaching this modality is that we enter this unified field of consciousness and everybody in that group starts to become a little bit telepathic with each other and our frequencies start to sync up and you start to feel people's energies and what they're thinking and what they're feeling even when they're not around. And so why do we need the internet? Why do we need phones? Like you can just feel Mm. and tap into that collective space of consciousness and I know I know this I mean actually you know I've never shared this story before but it's coming up to mind right now I don't think I've ever done this publicly before but when I first met that ex-partner of mine the one that then led to this massive awakening when we broke up 
when I first met him back in must have been like 2012 or even earlier than that, I remember when I first met him, I went to Europe for three weeks. I went on holiday. Like just after I'd met him, I think we'd had literally one or two dates or something and then I went away for three weeks with my friends. Uh And the whole time that I was away, the telepathic connection between us was so strong to the point where like he would think about me and suddenly I would just feel this like buzzing or tingling sensation in my body and I would just know. And then sure enough, like either I would message him or I would check my phone and there'd be a message from just like a minute ago on my Facebook or something like Mm. that, you know. And so the connection was so strong between us and it really made me question. I was like, okay, if I'm tapping into this person's energy field and I can feel their presence from miles and miles away on the other side of the planet, then then why do we need these external technologies to keep us connected? It's because people don't want to do the work and take the shortcuts. This is it. Yeah. Right. I, yeah, I get that heaps where you think of someone and then they've messaged you just randomly exactly. all the time. Yeah. It happens so much. It's like, man, I was just thinking of you and then they'll call me or I'll get yeah. a message. Someone I haven't spoken about for ages. <laughs> but from what I learned, it was because they need to deliver. Or if you haven't seen someone for a long time, then you bump into them and you bump into them again mm. because you need to receive a message from them. Mm. But – um, yeah, I uh, I like that. Um, um, what were I you call it um, flow state when I do comedy. Oh, right? flow state. Say, yeah, that connectedness 100%. when I'm on, I'm one with the crowd. I can feel them. They can feel exactly. And that's just a buzz. And you just, is flow it's the state, best ever. Is flow state like, I guess, do you, would you th- say what, it's oneness. almost a, Yeah, it's a, like a just. I'm completely present and connected. Present and, con- yeah, exactly. There's nothing. Sometimes when I'm doing like material, it'll be like, oh, shit. I'll, I'll hit a punchline. You won't be able to tell this from the outside because I'm just talking, but I'll hit the punchline and go, man, that didn't work. What the fuck? Why aren't they laughing? What was wrong with that? Oh, this person doing this. 50 thoughts and then I'm – but the whole time I'm just moving on to my next thing. Yeah. When I'm in flow it. state, it's like, bang, hit the punchline. I've got no internal voice. I'm completely present. Everything's just going doosh, 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 not even having to think about where it goes. Yeah. Which is awesome. It's full on – I know what they're thinking. They know what I'm thinking. They almost know what you're going to say. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's epic for comedy. It must be better for like love making. <laughs> Tantric. Don't even have to ask if it feels good. You just know. You just know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. A flow state is just, uh, and they talk about it with you know like footy um, yeah. or sports. Um, yeah, you just get just in on. the you get in the zone. You don't. It's it's all about that. It's great to have a plan in life, mm. but it's being present is not necessarily not having a plan. But like when things change, you just go this, with it. This is where I get a bit like confused because if we have a, f- a 5D soul and a 9D soul, is that 3D connection that we feel or think, is that just them communicating to each other or is it us feeling it between? Why can't it be both, right? Oh. So I, I will say to you, I have, I have experience. Actually, that's one of my favourite memes, yeah, the taco one. Like Let's get closer one. to that mic, <laughs> the, sorry. Which one? Um, I was just saying about uh, the, the meme, the wine on both yeah, me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the taco one. Yeah. Um, Pork and all dos. Exactly. Yeah, so, you know, I've definitely experienced for myself, like because my 3D, 5D self is so connected, whenever certain people enter into my life, I it is normal for me to also connect with their 5D self and to see that come in before I meet the person. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it, it kind like of makes that. things a little bit more, I don't know, predictable in some ways. Right. Yeah. So we're all in a multiverse as well. So you've said that word a few times. Multiverse is – so there's all scientists with theories of simulations and everything. You're – what you've experienced is we've got a multiverse. So right now there's a 5D version of me communicating 
With him or no, I think, with other people? I think the multi- or is it always the multiverse from what I've and you can definitely expand on this from what I've read in a third dimensional way is um, there is an infinite number of versions of yourself experiencing an infinite number of I thought there was only 13. Within, but all of them are having that same I don't 100% agree with that viewpoint. Okay, cool. Yeah. So expand on that and that, that's, so that's my very like basic broad understanding and what I thought it that, might be. That view comes back to that interstellar scene of like all the different boxes and all the different people having the different experiences. Yeah. That perception is, again, only true when you accept this concept of multiple timelines that are parallel. Mm. Um, but the multiple parallel timeline view is only true when you're viewing from the fourth dimension down into the third where the spiral appears as multiple timelines. Okay. I, I understand that. Yeah, I just I'm gonna press the fifteen second back and fifteen <laughs> second back on my podcast. <laughs> and I'm just gonna to listen to that again. I suggest you all do that again. Because so, in five D and yeah. in everything above five D, it's mm. actually a convergence. And you know, in this reality, the truth is that in any given moment there are multiple different potentials and some potentials are more charged than others. So the uh, way that certain things come into convergence are based on your frequency. In every moment you're emitting frequencies out into the universe. You're emitting and it's through your emotions, it's through your mindset it's through your actions you're emitting these frequencies right mm-hmm. so say for example uh oh, coming back to this solstice thing you know solstice happens you get disappointed you emit a frequency of disappointment out into the universe mm. then what happens is the universe we live in a yes universe where the universe always says yes to your frequency not always to your desires but to your frequency shout out jim carrey mm. yeah universe uh, yes what's that jim carrey yes man and yes, he, man. jim carrey's his idol he's mm. oh, his okay, goal okay. is to have jim carrey on the podcast one well, day. well we live we live in a yes universe maybe he'll like this a lot yeah. <laughs> so you're putting out this frequency and then the universe just says yes to it and it'll just give you another situation that matches the frequency so mm. if you if you send disappointment out to the universe then expect to get disappointment back if you send love out to the universe expect to get love back because the experiences that come into convergence the one the timelines that are the most charged of all the potentials are the ones where the maximum of that particular frequency is is coming into alignment and that's science that as well sense? right frequencies attract like attracts like mm. it's just, i actually don't know about that yeah Possibly, I don't know. Yeah. I can't comment on that. Are you a science teacher? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If something's vibrating, the other thing will come in and match that vibration. Yeah. Oh, you mean like musical notes and stuff? Yeah, or? yeah music like- Resonance. Resonance, resonance yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, but that reminded me to go back to our loop in the 3D oh. uh, linear one. Cool. How you mentioned love comes out, love goes, love goes out, love comes mm. back. But you said on an off comment that karma is going. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, so yeah, one of the things that happened, remember when we spoke about the descension of Earth? So a few things came into play around that time when the planet actually went into its 3D existence and the connection was out of conscious awareness, the higher connection was out of conscious awareness for the people on this planet. What happened was a couple of things came into play. And again, there's a whole backstory to why and how and like the beings that were involved in this. And there's this thing of like... um, like people try to harvest energy from the planet for their own good. So the way that we eat food, right, to get energy, there are beings in other dimensional realities that feed on human emotions as their actual food source. Mm-hmm. So is this some the beings, reptilians? Some reptilian races, yes, and other beings as well mm-hmm. that 
it is in their best interest to keep humans in a state of disconnectedness and in a state of fear and divisiveness and, and yes, all of that because those emotions that get created from that are an energy that goes out in the universe and these beings literally feed off that energy because that is their food source. And they're in a different dimension? Yes, correct. Yeah, okay. yeah. And that's what you'd call the lower 4D. Right. So and do they have place in within this? So when they say shapeshifter reptilians, we talk we've talked about before, is that not literally in the third dimensional physical world? They're they're fifth dimensional, like you talk about. Certainly wouldn't be five D. They'd talk, be forty at best. Well, you talked about um, the sovereign sovereignty, like not taking over. They are literally taking over. Is that what you're? Uh, with, in regards to um, this, gets so complex. So, <laughs> so complex. Yeah, we could do because, one just on because this. then you can then you start questioning. Well, if we have free will, how do they get there in the first place? What loopholes were mm-hmm. um, were open for that to occur, and how did? Because thing is, none of this happened without consent. Mm. So the question is, how did they gain consent? What tricks did they use? What deception was used? What were the stories told? What were the lies that were told in order for humanity to literally sign their lives away for this to occur? And part of this, you can get into sovereign law, you can get into all the contracts, that side of things. There's, oh, there's a whole rabbit hole. <laughs> yes, all of that stuff as well. Oh, we'll have to go into that another birth birth certificates, placentas, the whole lot, yeah, right? It's a contract, Bloodlines. basically. Right? Your birth certificate basically births you into a – you, you, yeah, you, you're giving a you're, – you're, what you, are you? you? You're born and it's your birth certificate is like a death certificate essentially. Because you're born, you will die? No, it's you, the way that it's written up. It's is, like you're selling yourself to – you're becoming a part of their – A or, corporation. Yeah, it's corporation. It's a corporation. Your birth yeah. certificate um, is like is kind of like a death certificate that turns you into a corporation. Right. So you're, you're taking away your sovereignty – and you're giving yourself as a almost like a, a piece of um, like you know a, a harvest. Right. <laughs> so you give your, your now in product number. Yeah, you're a product. Third eighty-seven Del Barello model. <laughs> yeah, correct. The tastiest model of all. <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, that's that's uh, pretty. Yeah, we say we, it's for for like records, but the, the contract or the yeah the actual between between. Yeah, between who? Between but it's, us but it's, and but it's your uh, it's own your parents. It actually, do it, for you. it goes further than that because actually underneath that, uh, and I've seen this in my meditations as well. Like, there's the paper contract, but there's an energetic contract underneath that as well, and it's the energetic contracts that are outside of conscious awareness at this time that are allowing a lot of this to continue going. What I will say though, and I want to come back to a happy note on this is that a lot of those grids actually got released years ago. So the actual karmic grids already dissolved. The flower of life grids are well and truly back in place. And the flower of life grid is the original creation grid that was on this planet before this stuff happened. And it's been there the whole time because it's the the flower of life, the sacred geometry is actually the geometry that contains the original codings for this planet. And it's like if you were to go to a two-year-old, you know, on another planet and say, here, this is planet Earth, like you would give them the flower of life and they'd be able to recreate Earth from those, uh, the blueprints of that. So the flower of life grid, which is actually a 3D grid that exists energetically around the planet, 
is very much intact. And when all of these, um, you know, the Flower of Life grid, the Avalon grids, a lot of these grids actually came back into their highest light, which has been happening over years and years of these activations, then the karmic grids actually fully dissolved. The only thing that's keeping some momentum in play around it is actually people's conscious belief system. So now the only thing we have to do is change everybody's freaking mindset Mm -hmm. so that we can just achieve what it is that we're trying to achieve. And sometimes that feels like a really big mission because from a grid perspective, we're all good to go. Everything is actually great. The karmic grid, was that a negative thing? It was designed to keep people in a loop of this. So this is the thing, right? The concept behind the karmic grids is that Earth is a school and that is a secondary programming. It is not the original codings of this planet. The original codings of this planet is the Garden of Eden and the Garden of Eden you're a fully conscious being. What on earth is there to learn? Like the concept of of evolution at a soul level, I deeply do not resonate with because if you understand yourself as that one consciousness in that unified field, what is there to learn? There's no learning. There's only experiencing. And when you're experiencing, there's only creation that exists. And this planet was supposed to be the planet where we created everything and anything that we wanted. It's the ultimate garden of paradise. Yeah, because- is that because the source wanted you to feel what they do and the only way to get that is to experience? Well, first of all, we are source. Yeah. So well, yeah. that's what part of like my soul is part of the source or you're saying we are all source? We are source. Yeah. We are source experiencing itself. We are source experiencing in all the different myriad of ways that we experience. And in that sense, you know, there is also a divine perfection in everything that's happening, including the descension and the karmic matrix and all the things, because on some level it's all part of source. So I love, and I spoke about him last week and we're speaking about him a lot, I love Alan Watts' thoughts on that. Alan Watts, do you you listen to much? Not too much. Alan Watts basically said, if you were God – and you could do anything you wanted. You were source, energy, whatever you want to call it. You were God and you could do anything you want, you would. And you would eventually almost get bored of doing anything you want. Now, maybe trillions of years of his existence might get to that point, but you would. That's if he's got a human mindset, right? <laughs> yes. Eventually you'd have experienced everything. So you would then try to experience it slightly different, perhaps put some hurdles in place. But then because you can do anything you you want you would get through these uh, these issues, these problems, these hurdles in life, and then slowly and uh, surely experience everything that is possible again, until you got to a point where you realised the fact that you know that you can do anything is uh, is the biggest hurdle of you actually experiencing more things. So to give yourself amnesia and actually try and figure it out, and then slowly and to a point you would eventually become who you are now, where you've completely forgotten that you are source. And right now is just a journey back to that point in which you are trying to get to source. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> She's like, bullshit. And that's what- I don't 100% agree. That was his third dimensional logical explanation of, and he's not saying that's what God is, but he was saying eventually you just, you'd be wanting to play, you'd be wanting to play games, and this is just one of the hurdles we're trying to experience ourselves. Um, and yeah, this is just one of those hurdles. My perspective on this is that God is love and love is creation and creation is just is light expressed through love. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's so simple. Mm-hmm. And everything else, you know, like all the stories, even what we've spoken about in today's show, it just it's all about what level of perception you're viewing through. So on the one hand, you know, like one level of perception is like 
you know, we're humans and we have a hierarchy and we have governments and blah, blah, blah. And another perspective is that the government is lying to us and that there are actually mm. aliens that exist and, you know, like that's another level. And then the, another layer beyond that is actually we created this and so we're the conscious creators and we even created the aliens and, and we created the amnesia and then, you know, we did all of this. And yep. then you keep going further and further into those layers and you realise that actually it's all just love and you get to choose in every moment which layer you perceive through. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that... Um, that God does anything or that love does anything intentionally to harm. And this is where we have this beautiful, you know, catch 22 in life where we still have free will. And so all aspects within the one creation have free will. And so if aspects of that choose to have certain experiences, there is so much love within the wholeness that all experiences are okay and valid. Mm -hmm. That's how I see it. I don't see this view as like, oh, God got bored and then suddenly created this thing. It's like, no, God is just love. <laughs> uh, well, uh, board's probably not the word, but God is trying to experience everything. You see, yeah, I just to God is trying to experience. Why? Why experience. would a God that already is everything need to experience anything? Yeah, I guess. I guess because right. if God knows ev- is everything and experiences everything at every point, what? Yeah, what does it mean? I think but it, then again, I think is it's that us? Is that level. what that is right now within that point? So he's experiencing this all infinitely at the exact same time but over an extensive long period, it's infinite time. Uh, that maybe sounds very uh, complicated. But if you're experiencing it all at the same time and, at the, and never at the same time, you're still there. I can't even – I can't fucking word it correctly. <laughs> I can't experience what you're trying yeah, to say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I sound like a fucking spastic. But, um, yeah, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say there is if you are God and you are, like you're saying, you've exper- you can experience anything and everything and anything at the exact point that you want to, but time is not linear, then you have experienced it. And that's what this point well, is exactly. right now. And so then this idea of having to learn or evolve, it just depends on what level you're looking at it from. I mean, on the one hand, what is there to learn from if you already are everything? Yes. And on the other, it's like, but is that what it maybe is? this is just fun. But that's what I mean. Is that, what it, that, is, is that what this is? It's not him learning. He's learned. We're just – or he. I say he. That's such a thing. But he, she. It, she, whatever. <laughs> um, I say God because lack of a better word, I guess. But it is experiencing everything simultaneously – um, and this is what that's what this is right now. Is that what that's what I think? Did you that's ask her the meaning of life? Basically, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 42. <Can> you, yes, <laughs> that is a good movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's what I think. That's that's oh, it's fuck. I can't explain I that. That's what I mean. It's hard to verbalize. Like, I, I do question this stuff a lot myself. Where, where I've come to sit with this is you know. At the end of the day, I'm having this experience in this body, in this moment, in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. And and while I do have conscious awareness of other soul aspects and other realities, I think it really comes down to the simplicity of just being, you know, being present, being love, being in the experience of it, knowing that we're already whole. I think that's a huge one for me because I really don't hold this view that we're in any way needing, you know, something from anything. It's just what if I'm having this experience simply because it's fun and simply because it's joyful? What if I don't have to learn anything? What if I leave this planet and I don't learn anything Mm -hmm. and what I just have is a beautiful experience? Can that be okay? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I mean by, you know, the, the dissolution of the karmic grids because what the karmic grids do is they 
they put people in these cycles where it's like a it's like a school of learning and you have to come back and then you have to evolve and then you have to learn. If you don't get it right, you get punished for that. And I just don't believe in a God that punishes. No. You know, I don't think that aspect is God. I think that aspect of karma comes from those lower dimensional beings that try to keep people inside of the matrix. I think it's not the original programming of this earth because to me when I every time I felt into the original grids and the original codings, it's so blissful and so peaceful and so simple. Mm-hmm. So simple. It There's really, no learning and, in simplicity. But and do you think that yes, I, I agree. There's no God that punishes. I feel like these are again lessons in some way, and um, lessons for God, for a lack of a better word, I guess. And I know you you were saying before, why would God need to learn? But I'm not saying he, she, it needs to learn. I think this is learning. This is it. And it what it's happened millions of years ago. This could have been this experience that I'm consciously aware of currently at this moment in a third dimensional linear perspective is happening right now, but it could have happened t- 2 million years ago or 2 million years in the future. The little, but the I'm experiencing caveat I will say on that is that like, yes, I understand a lot of people believe this concept that, you know, there's lessons. I would really like to shift that frame from lessons into experiences because yes. what yeah, yeah. lesson, that frame around lesson is that if you don't learn it, you have to learn it again or that, Um, And this is where it it kind of breaks my heart a little as well to see this is sometimes people then justify negative experiences because they think it's okay for you to have that experience because I learned something out of it. When sometimes in some scenarios that viewpoint can be disempowering. Okay. It's, it's that flipped my view whole of like, people like who, life motto on its head, eh? Like if something negative happens to me, I'm okay with it because I know that that set my path for something positive to happen. Mm. later down the track. But I, I, do I like, totally get that and yeah. I understand that and I understand that, you know, if you believe that the universe is always trying to help and support you, that yeah. every experience that comes to you can be an experience that you can learn from, yeah. what if there was an even higher frequency in this where you could just choose to experience not through the pathway of hard lessons but actually just experience through love the ultimate highest creation? Yeah. That's way better. Well, you can choose it. You can choose it. it. And I think this is the part that people don't get. I like that terminology far better than lessons. Yeah. Still – what I was trying to describe. Yeah, because teachers then. suck. But, yeah, <laughs> but uh, experience is definitely the better term there, definitely. So what if there was no agenda on this? Like what if there wasn't a linear agenda to any of this yeah. and we were just here to experience and to be and that was Love. it? Yes, yeah, 100%. And that's, um, again, my terrible explanation of what Alan Watts's thoughts were on that is basically what he was trying to get at was that right. experience is everything. She just e- did everything. what? All right, that is um, comedy. Yes. Your comedy yeah. compared to professional comedy. <laughs> yes. Sharp, succinct to the point. <laughs> Your one is like, I'm going to try and find the punchline. Exactly, you got it. You did it. You, did <laughs> yeah. it. you did it very well. Yeah. So, yeah, um, let's go. Hang on, can I, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Um, I've got this over for a reason. I don't want to be rude. Oh, no, good. Yeah, um, I've just got a couple of questions to jump in Perfect. Uh, from other people that knew you were coming on. Um, oh, we have a, a, a little yeah. party happening over here. <laughs> well, no, 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 this is pre-show. Cool. Um, but we've answered this. I want to know how we can ascend further after we are in 5D. Have we actually answered that? Or have only, yeah, meditation, um, putting it out there. But would, if we were in 5D, 
Because you can go up to 13. 5D, you enter into unity consciousness with all other dimensions as well. Ah, sweet. So you're already there almost straight away. It's very non-linear. The second you get your frequency into 5D, all the rest open up as well. It's it's a lot easier. Is that because time is not then linear and it's almost instantaneous? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you can access them now. Like, so for example, in my healings, I often work with, say, for example, seven-dimensional frequencies or nine-dimensional frequencies or ten-dimensional frequencies and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, It just feels more linear from this perception than Mm. what it actually is. And as soon as your your frequency steps into that five D, suddenly you realize that actually all the frequencies it's like it's like all the colors of the rainbow. Yeah. Like you might be standing in the red spectrum, but you know the others still exist. And then at some point all the colours come together and it turns white, That's exactly what we've been talking about on this podcast without being able to say it properly. We keep saying we can feel like something's there. We we know something's there. We just don't have the tools yet to prove it or to find it. So we always use the example of a microwave or x-ray. We we didn't know they were there, Mm, but then we had the the tools tools. to catch up. Yeah. So we've almost – Yeah, that's what – yeah. Just because we can't see it or sense it doesn't mean it's not there. Yeah, um, exactly. It's very it's it is very unseen and at the same time I know that I experience it very tangibly. So what I'm doing energy healings or facilitating sessions and things like that, I'm I can very clearly identify from the feeling that I'm getting what frequencies I'm working with. And sometimes it's definitely a mixed spectrum rather than just say one specific frequency. And you can connect with that person's other dimensional beings, is that when I'm doing sessions, it's yeah. always the other person's higher self. Yeah, cool. And so this is what I teach. So in Origin Activation, I teach people how to connect through the higher self level cool. so that then you can basically facilitate what that person needs. Mm. Cool. It actually goes beyond modality because then you're just tapping into the higher self and then you're just saying and doing what that person needs from you in the moment. Yeah. Because in the so, – so teaching, teaching Amanda Fish. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. yeah. So yeah. when we get to 5D and we'll go keep – Keep your phone out because we yeah. got more. Um, so when you go to 5D, we were saying before about the event that would trigger 5D consciousness. Is that for you? For and is that a a point that we reach and it just happens and then the ships land, for example, or is it the ships land and that's the trigger? Well, the ships land for me, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so but is is that what it is? Um, look, I think you know, it, ascension is collective but it's also individual and at the end of the day if you do the work and you lift your frequency and you do the meditations and you use the right tools and possibly have the right guidance and you know do all of that then what can happen is that you can actually be one of those people that gets your frequency into that space i've been accessing these higher frequencies for years so i don't think that we need to wait for some big external event to happen mm. i think we can all take responsibility for ourselves and in just this. get yeah just do it yeah just do it okay. yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, we need 1%, right? So if you're the 1% in your 100 people and you're the 1% in your 100 people and I'm the 1% in mine, we're doing all right, you know? Yeah. So when that one, but, and, and that's what I'm more getting at, when we reach that 1%, does that actually just force the rest of the world to wake up and then ships can land or does it? Not force. Not force, but. Gentle nudge. Gentle nudge. <laughs> the rest of the um yeah, population to to evolve or uh, ascend. You guys have heard of the Maharishi effect? Maharishi. No. So the Maharishi effect is um, a study that was done in the 70s and it started off with I think the people that invented transcendental meditation were saying that 
if 1% of the population does that meditation in their city, then it would have positive effects on society and they actually measured it. Oh, so the, yeah. they had a group of people that meditated and then the crime 7, rates 000. went down yeah. Yes, and yeah. it dropped like 16% or something like that. Yeah, ridiculous. So it's a, it's a measurable, tangible effect. Now, I was only reading this the other day. I didn't realise that the Maharishi effect spoke about the 1%, but Star Family have been telling me for years that we just need 1%. So when I read that, I was like, oh, of course, it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Because there's something about that, that 1% threshold, that when you have 1% that are really anchoring that high frequency, it's like this wave of energy just goes out through the rest of the universe and then it makes it a lot easier for everyone else to awaken. Uh, It's like the veil lifts and people can just tap into it. So it's not like they get forced into it. But what does happen is that when 1% of the population are really in that high frequency, then some of the energies that are of the lower frequencies dissolve. And by that, I mean the veils dissolve. Yeah. When the veil dissolves, people awaken. Yeah. And that's what um, I, that's what the, uh, the what do they call it? The, the, the timeline what, uh, that we moved into, the age of Aquarius. Mm. Yeah. Was that December 21st? The lifting of the veil. Um, well, it, it meant to be. It's, yeah, it, I just don't, don't put a timeline on. Yeah, 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 it's just not yeah. that linear, you know. Yes. Um, technically, the age of Aquarius started in 2012. Okay, the end of the Mayan calendar was that yes. supposed to be the start of? It, yeah, it was supposed gotcha. to be, mm-hmm. and then a lot of people have coincided the age of Aquarius with the ascension, and then there's a lot of uh, again mixed yeah. wires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, it, yeah, we're kind of already in it. It's just taking a bit of a transition for the full effect of that to come in. Mm. There, There is an end date to all of this though. Like there is a very solid end date that if it doesn't happen by this point, the starship's going to land regardless. There's a couple of caveats. One is an end date and that end date I'm hesitant to reveal because it has changed multiple times in the last couple of years. Yep. The other caveat is that um, – if, if in the scenario of a World War Three, Galactic Federation would immediately come and stop it. Stand, stand in place. So it can't happen. Yeah. Actually, there can't be a World War Three. That's something it's consistently I've of, heard from. It's the fear of the World War Three that's keeping people in a fear yeah, state. Yeah, yeah. And state. this is the pe- thing that people need to realise. There's actually a galactic creed that we cannot have a World War Three because the second anyone announces World War Three, you will see all the starships landing mm. and that is the ultimate can we announce it? So can we get them down here? Yeah. <laughs> Hard yard listeners. <laughs> no World War Three. We don't, yeah, want, yeah. we don't want that apocalyptic timeline. Yeah. That particular timeline, which we're not anywhere near it, just so you know. Like we're not anywhere near this timeline. But this mm-hmm. is worst case scenario would be it got so bad that World War Three would actually get announced. Mm-hmm. And the second that would happen, the starships would land and then we'd be in for a very rocky, fairly apocalyptic ascension. We mm-hmm. don't want that. Just okay. for the record, we do not want that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and these, okay. these starship beings again, are they – they're not like us? They're, they're, oh, they're very much like us. They're in the three – they're 3D 3D? Yeah, or they, they, that's the question. They have yeah. form. Are we, they have form, they have but form. we'll be able to sense it because we'll be sensing 5D. Yes. Cool. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. But their form is not. There's hu- there's sure. humanoid ones, there's non-humanoid ones. I mean, there's beings uh, of all different Are these like the little grey dudes that they're talking about? Like. You know, the Roswell, the, the famous, the greys. Yeah. yeah, you got the greys. Like, oh, yeah, like, you definitely have those ones. But, like, yeah. Things yeah. like Palladians, are they like like light, like Arcturians, these sorts of things? This is like Men in Black 4. I love yeah. this. They, um, they have very specific <laughs> frequencies. So Sick. It's, it's blue funny avians, because like, I know they're the all Delvin. blue, actually. <laughs> they're <laughs> all blue? Most, well, most, not all of them. There's Avatar. Actually, it's just because um, – so Lily has a very blue frequency and the starship, the Aru Terra, is a blue starship. Mm-hmm. It's actually a whole story. So – 
um, I, ha- I have a Tesla. I have a blue Tesla. And on the wiki for the Model 3 blue Tesla, it's actually called the Blue Star. So Elon Musk mm. obviously is somehow connected and oh, challenged. Oh, I would not doubt that. <laughs> <at all. laughs> yeah. I actually know who he is up there. And oh. I've, I've connected with him quite a bit. What's up, Elon? Um, <laughs> he's cool. He's one, of our, he's one of our bros. We like cool. Elon a lot. Yeah. Uh, he's, I, I question some of what he's doing right now. But anyway, whole different story. <laughs> yeah. He's just but buffering. We, we love he's him at a soul level. Yeah. <laughs> we love him at a soul level. Yep. Um, um, where was I going with this? Yeah, so there's the starship, which is blue, and then there's Liddy, who has a very blue frequency. And because that's in a strong resonance with my soul frequency, a lot of the beings that I connect with come through the blue spectrum. But then there's also heaps of other beings I've met that come through different color frequencies as well. Um, so Pleiadian has a very specific blue frequency. Arcturian has a very specific blue frequency. Um, blue avians have a very specific blue frequency. And they're like... It's like all the shades of blue in that, you know, like how yeah, many yeah, different yeah. shades are there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's the universe. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what a good um, thing for the, for the <laughs> I, banner. It's I, always different. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I phrase yeah. it on that one specifically yeah. today. And even Archangel Michael has a blue frequency, but it's different to the other blue frequency. And so, yeah. once you start connecting with these different beings, you start to notice the very subtle nuances between the types of frequencies. And it's more of like a, a felt experience of knowing, okay, this is this blue and this is this other blue and this is this other blue. And then. So, we won't see them physically. You feel them or telekinetically or, or frequently. I see them in my mind's eye. Yeah. So if so, if we so full mass disclosure. You can't put it to words. No. So mass right. disclosure is not something that will happen in the third dimension. No, it will. It hundred percent will. It will. We're so close to that point. We're yes. so close to oh, cosmic disclosure. But I just don't understand. Last year, like twenty twenty, and the. The Pentagon said they've got UFOs. Yeah. They've been studying UFOs. No one, no one gave a fuck. <laughs> no one gave a shit. It was like surely when the Pentagon says we've got crash craft and we've reverse engineered them and whatnot, surely that's just headlines everywhere. Is your, got a well, little the media is too busy with uh, something starting with C right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, hundred percent. So is that something like? Is that? A, well, I don't. Yeah, we don't. Is that have, Voldemort. Um, we'll call it Voldemort. You can't right. mention names. The social right, media platforms. Yeah, you get you get taken down. You, and you okay. actually get taken down for things. I have been using the word Voldemort. Oh, really? <laughs> have you? It's funny right. you say That's that. Okay, I'll pick up the frequency. Yeah. That's it. You can't name. So yeah. it's the Voldemort of this universe. Yeah. So is there more than one? So your Lily is on a starship and there's like heaps more starships? So many, okay. thousands upon thousands just currently within the atmosphere of this earth because there's so many beings of light that are supporting the ascension right now. Oh, okay. that's what I was going to say. Oh, are we starseeds. Starseeds, um, that sort of stuff. Oh, and I see, I hate the term starseed. Okay. We're all starseeds. We're all from the stars. We're all from the earth. Yes. We're all everything. Yeah, okay. Like, but it, it's, it's same, actually, I want to elaborate on this because people come to me and they're like, Oh, I'm Pleiadian. I'm at Trin. I'm like, you don't understand how multidimensional works then because I have soul aspects in lots of different star systems. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't just have one. Mm-hmm. Mm. So is Earth like special or are we just – this is just one of it's many – It's special because we're here. Yeah. But there's other – Yeah. Obviously there's other things where this is happening at the same oh, time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Planets are constantly going through fluctuations in frequency. This is like – there's no big deal. Okay. Where there's a <laughs> this little is bit not of, a big yeah. deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, where there's a little bit of um, focus is just because um, – so planet Earth has so many different races, like star races that came here and this was like a, a bit more multicultural in that sense. Mm-hmm. And it, there's definitely a few eyes watching us because of the way that this particular planet was set up. So 
Yes, planets are going through ascension and descension all the time. I think in some ways it feels like some beings almost look at this as like an experimental planet. You know, like this yeah. is one I've always had a feeling hot that this is very experimental. <laughs> I've always thought of this mm. as a mm. an experiment from well, I don't think they've ever done anything beings. quite like Earth on other planets because this one was created – yeah, it was just created in a different way. As a slave race for the – No, that happened a lot later. Okay. Okay, because this, this was the Garden of Eden. This was the paradise. Okay, and, and then it then it the DNA manipulation. Can we look up what that off? flower looks like? The one that you described before, the three D one. Is there the like flower of life. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's is it the one I randomly put the in? The one in Egypt. So there's the. Hang on. And then if while you go to the Temple of Osiris in Egypt, okay. they have this etched onto the wall of. Um, Stone. And it's one of those things where archaeologists are like, we don't understand what it means and it's that simple. Okay. You've probably seen this one before. Yes, yeah, yeah definitely. Oh, cool. That's what I saw when I allegedly had DMT. Is it? Yeah, right. a lot of those geometric Allegedly. Very similar like that, yeah. <laughs> um, what do they call that? that um, year, sacred that geometry? Sacred geometry, yeah. Mm. Um, what was my next question? Uh, experiment that, that – I can't remember. While you're thinking, yeah. Um, so, uh, when we were talking about, oh, start, yeah, that was oh, Adam and Eve. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Go with that. Is that just? I heard that, or I read somewhere that there's many Adam and Eves all on Earth, not in the spiritual sense. Is that matching Adamite. up with the different um, alien races that you were just saying started on to Earth? To be honest, I haven't looked into this enough myself, okay. and I don't want to give third party information, so mm. I'm just gonna cool. say yeah. no. Yeah, no, that's that's that, see, that's good instead Go of just like spruiking something that you po- don't possibly know. Yeah, I try and respond from personal experience wherever I can because yeah. if I don't personally know the answer to it, then I'm just regurgitating what someone else has said, and I, I'm not a big fan of doing that. Great. And I, yeah. this is one that I haven't really explored a lot myself. I've thought about it, but I haven't gone far enough to actually have any answers on this one yet. Cool. So your tangible UFO extraterrestrial experiences, experiences or experience multiple. So is this in a regards to like a Dr. Stephen Greer style? Like, do you know who that is? Yes. With the meditation. Yes. I have been to a couple of his as well, but my first experience was outside of that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, would you care? Yeah, to yeah, explain? yeah. <laughs> so, so this, um, I don't even know what year it was. I think it was like 2016. Okay. Or 2017. I can't remember. I think 2017 actually. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was with a friend and at this point I was already channeling. I'd already had multiple telepathic connections but nothing in the physical. So no like photographs or um, I don't think I'd even had any physical sightings at that point. Mm-hmm. And then I went to my friend's house in the hills and just actually here in Perth in Darlington, there's quite uh, a lot of ley lines in the area. And so there's a lot of UFO activity up in like the Darlington, the Rolly Stone sort of area here in Perth. Mm-hmm. I so think that's where Squirrely's nan had the yeah. experience Yeah, uh, where she got pulled out the window by the light. No, oh, I think wow. it's a bit further out. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Well, that whole but area, regardless, yeah. Like yeah, is yeah. We is should definitely do a special. Where we go camping <laughs> and we go see if we can find some. Yeah. I reckon we should. Yeah. Anyway, okay, yeah. keep going. So easily done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah of course. Come. <laughs> <laughs> it's very easy there. So yeah. So anyway, I was at my friend's house, and um, both of us were actually quite tapped in, you know, to starships and stuff, and. Um, at that time, she was connecting quite strongly with a starship called the Shem Arua, mm-hmm. and I had only just come into awareness of that starship. And it, yeah, I remember then she said to me, "She's like they're sending down a beam of light." And before I even had time to process what she said, there was a legit beam of light, like bright white light. The whole room goes white. It's like a 
bright, thick white fog and all I can see is the outline of my friend's face sitting on the couch over there. Mm. And for like 30 seconds I'm like gripping onto this couch like, oh, my God, what's going on? And then it went away. Could she see this? Yeah, both of us were seeing this. Like we oh. were eyes open, very oh. lucid. We're seeing bright white light. Whole room turns into a thick white fog. Mm. Like physically, like physically. This is actually happening to us. Mm. And then a couple of hours later – after I freaked out and like needed to ground myself and I think I ate some pumpkin soup and then had another freak out. <laughs> I was like, what the hell just happened? Because <laughs> yeah. that that was the that was like the reality shattering moment where I was just like, what on earth yeah, right. has just happened here? And was so, that the transition from going, yeah, I felt it to fuck like it was like that was the moment I where I was even though I was already channeling and doing all this work and you know, meditating yeah. and stuff like that, that was the moment where I was like I believe it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it was simultaneously the moment where I was like, I need to now tell the whole world about this. Yeah. Because I can't believe we live on a planet where this is hidden from humanity. Yeah. That these beings exist. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I had this very tangible experience and then I remember going out later that night when I was heading home mm-hmm. and just in the car park or I think in the driveway, um, I just saw this starship that was just above the roof and it flashed red and blue eight times just flashing at me and, yeah. and then – and the cops pulled you over. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so when you say just above the roof, like um, like literally hovering above? Well, it was like a little light that looked like it was like, I don't know, a metre above the roof. Yes. But that doesn't really make sense because nah. it was interdimensional and it would have been massive and how does that make sense? And so you try not to overthink it yeah. too much. But did, did, are they not necessarily huge? Like these orbs When they come into 3D, they have this weird – I've actually asked them this. In fact, so a year before this experience, I remember sitting on the beach one day and this was my first tangible telepathic connection with a starship. Yeah. And it it was a being called Arnup and there's a whole backstory to this because Arnup, I later found out, is – one of the same beings that was on the Shem of Rua. And that's why her and I together were able to have this real deep convergence of that experience because our twin flames were both aboard that starship. So we were connecting in. I didn't know this at the time. It took me years to figure this out later. Okay. So because our twin flames were on that ship, that beam of light came down. It was a real uh, physical, tangible experience for us. And that was how it was able to converge into 3D. Because for things to come into 3D like that, you do need an anchor on Earth for that. And so we were the anchors for that. Yeah. Um, what was the question again? Um, Tangible. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm getting a little bit lost yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. A story about the tangible, you're on the beach. Oh, yes, yes. I was at the beach, yeah. yeah. And so, thanks. Yeah. So then I had my first tangible telepathic experience, and it was Arnup who was there, and he was telling me about the seventh dimensional starship that he was on, which now I know was the Shemarua because the Shemarua was a seventh-dimensional starship and that was the one that my friend was connecting with. I didn't know it at the time, but it was the same ship. So I had the experiences about a year apart, not Mm -hmm. knowing that it was the same thing. And then, anyway, so I was sitting at the beach connecting with the starship and so back in the day I used to study engineering, right? So my mind is very, like, scientific and back then instead of asking questions like, hey, how do you exist and who are you? I was like, tell me how your starship works. (laughs) I was like, how do you get into 3D? How do you fly around? What is your technology? And so they started telling me about this implosion technology that they have where, I don't know, I still don't understand fully how they do this, but they have figured out a way to generate energy in such a way that when the starship is moving, they're actually creating more energy than they're using. It's crazy. I don't know how it works. It's not... It's beyond lossless. Like you have lossless and then you have generative. This is a generative technology that the Starship uses to 
it's some kind of like implosion type technology combined with crystals that actually stores energy and then amplifies it. So you're actually creating more energy than you're using when you're on board the ships. Does that go outside and then that of powers Earth's, all the ships and stuff. Earth's laws of energy can't be created or destroyed? It completely destroys. Yeah. I'm like, well, yes and no, because it's- it's um, drawing from a different The dimension? whole system itself is actually in perfect harmony. It's more that the way that the energy is created, then that energy goes back to powering the rest of the ship and everything on the ship. Mm-hmm. And so as a system, it's still a zero to zero net loss and gain. Yeah. Oh, that's but it's dope. the way they generate it, then then repurpose it, that I'm like, how do they do that? Mm. <laughs> Arnup is also a faction at my primary school in Caversham. Is it? Yeah. It was a faction. We had Arnup and Bodley. Arnup. Did you really? Yeah, and Carew. So many synchronicities. Arnup was black, Carew was gold, and Bodley was white. Where does that name even come from? I think it was perhaps a past principal or a person. Really? From the Caversham area. I'd want to know more about that. Or a a fifth dimensional being. Nah, I haven't heard it since I left primary school, which was 20 because I heard the name ago. and then a year later I met this friend and then she one day was telling me about Arnip and I was like, did you just say Arnip? Mm. I was like, it's not a common name at all. No, yeah. I've never heard that either. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then we realised it was the same being. I was like, oh, cool. So I, we both connected with him independently. Wow. Um, I wanted to ask this before as well because it does sound outlandish. I guess you're used to it now because you've been talking about it forever. But what is the difference between uh, ascending to 5D and further and – mental health like schizophrenia and voices and people that get driven to murder because they say they heard a voice. I have to be very tactful in the way that I respond to this. Yeah, Mm. (laughs) There's a lot of red tape in this. Of course. Um, So, look, mental health is definitely something that is a very serious issue and if somebody is experiencing um, this sort of thing, first and foremost get medical help. I think there's definitely a space where this can be a real medical thing that requires, you know, um, like medications and, you know, there are professionals in place for this. In saying that though, I do believe that some people and not everyone, some people who have been diagnosed with things like schizophrenia, instead of having chemical imbalances in the mind that are leading to this sort of thing, might actually be experiencing a spiritual awakening. I do believe there is some truth in that. Um, I try not to go anywhere near that space because of all the red tape in it. (laughs) Or even... Even uh, like, uh, egg, what would you call it? Um, taking over the body. Um, oh, my words are fucking gone tonight. Yeah, you can't talk. Yeah, I like can't a, speak. Like I'm an entity all, type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, like when you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, well, I mean, I've had yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do apologise. I've been <laughs> terrible with my speaking. I can't even say I've been terrible yeah. with my speaking. I've, I don't know what it is today, but yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, uh, is that what? Possibly it could be. Like, to, I think it could be true for some people, but look, I. The, <laughs> I'm very hesitant to say certain things on this because if I go around saying that every single person who has a mental illness is actually just having a spiritual awakening, I think that could be very detrimental to the people that actually need medical help because there are people out there that need medical help. And I'm also mindful that if somebody who's listening to this has bipolar, schizophrenia or something like that, suddenly then decides that they're going through a spiritual awakening and ditches their drugs, that would be a very bad thing to do. So kids, please don't do that. (laughs) What would be the... um (laughs) I have seen that happen in circles before. It's just yeah. a bad idea. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we won't touch it any further than no. on it. Yeah. No, that's um, it's just it's a dangerous one to go into. Yeah, 100%. What happens when we connect to the soul is a question I've got. We've kind of touched on that. But you said that your soul splinters off into different soul aspects. 
Um, you know, it's interesting. Someone that I'm quite close to, her auntie passed away. Actually, this same friend of mine that I just spoke about, her auntie passed away recently and she was sharing with us how, you know, this soul has now just gone back into the oneness and has gone back into the consciousness. And we actually, uh, a few of us friends, have all been able to connect with this soul in those higher realms and we can now see who she is. And yep. even as I'm talking about her, I feel her energy coming in. It's quite strong actually. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's the same as like, you know, in this universe, energy cannot be created or destroyed. Yeah. It's the same as with souls. Like when a soul leaves this planet, you leave the body part of it here, the physical part of it, and that goes back to the soil and it's part of the natural process. The soul also moves on to where it came from. So the body goes to where it came and the soul goes to where it came. And then if the soul chooses to, it's able to come back and have a different experience or it can have another experience in a different dimension. It can have an, it can create other soul aspects. Like, it links up with what I believe as well. So much. Mm. But does it ever manifest itself to be seen? Because uh, a psychic reckons that I saw, not what I saw, not one that I saw, <laughs> but she thought that I saw uh, my Uncle Andrew because I remember it to this day, I think I was four or five and at the end of mum's bed, there was like a three-dimensional person, but it was like to me a 3D shadow. I don't know if I've told this on the pod yet because we're going to mm. save it for ghost yeah, stories. Ghosties. Yeah, ghosties. It was like a 3D shadow. So it was like you, but it was all black and it was just at the end of my bed, like someone wearing a morph suit, freaked out. I was like, Dad, there's a ghost, there's a ghost, woke him up. Mm. Then went back to under the covers, looked, and then it was gone, told mum the next day. And she was like, oh, was it the hat rack? And I was like adamant where it was. I still remember. I don't remember this part. I remember seeing it though. And then she went to a psychic just by chance two or three days later and the first thing she said was that your eldest son has seen your brother. So mum's brother died before I was born. So the psychic didn't know that mum had a brother or a son and that she said that I'd seen my uncle Andrew there. So I don't know if that's – I never thought that souls could manifest themselves as that or maybe I didn't see him. Have but, I have, have I saved my – I've saved my ghost story for the pod, for a ghost well, what's podcast. your theory on Mine's ghosts? Mine's exactly the same as yours. Yeah, right. Like – Fucking exact, was it you at the end of the bed? It was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One's the exact same story, like exact same scenario. Yeah, right. Um, very, very similar. Couldn't see the face. Was it Arnup? <laughs> Arnup. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, yeah, same thing. So, but they said um, no, no one told my parents anything. They just assumed it was like a, a – I think it was um, – they assumed it was my – uh, my my great grandma or something. I can't remember. Okay. What's the theory on ghosts? Mm. I guess. Well, actually, one of the reasons I got into all this meditation when I was quite young was because of ghosts. So right. I've had a lot of weird paranormal experiences as a child from probably about the age of 10 years old. And so I remember when I was a kid looking up on the internet how to protect myself from ghosts because yep. there's one house that we lived in, um, in one of the suburbs in Perth there was just this lady that used to come and stand at the foot of my bed like every day. Yeah. <laughs> I just noticed she Ooh. was there. That she never came neighbor. in. She just stood there. And my sister used to see her. My mum used to see her. So it was something that we talked about as kids, yeah. you know. And so from having that experience, I remember looking up on the internet how to protect myself. And that's when I started learning about white light visualizations. Mm. Yes. And then fast forward another – you know, a few years down the track to my early 20s, again, one of the reasons why I started doing this Merkaba light body activation in the first place was because of ghosts in my house. Yeah. And also because my teenage energy was really ungrounded. I kept blowing all the lights in the house and I didn't realise it was me. So, <laughs> so oh. that's a whole other thing. Well, same thing happens in Rockingham, but they're taking, <laughs> taking the bulbs out. And <laughs> oh, my energy was just all over the place. So like, yeah, I would just blow things up. And I have so many stories of like being in um, It'd be being so funny if it was just your grandma and your mum never told you. <laughs> <laughs> just oh, it was just yeah. so 
lady in the house because there was a so that particular house when we were kids. Um, it I didn't think freak the lady you out had died. Did it freak you out? Was oh. it a resonant energy that you were seeing, or was it actually mm. something else? You know how they say ghosts are just like energy that's left resonating in the place. Yeah. What do you think the- it was? I just remember it being like a sort of a translucent white energy and I knew it was a lady and I don't know. I mean, I was a kid. I didn't yeah. really look into Sorry, it. so we cut you off in a university? Oh, yeah, I used to be at university and like crazy stuff used to happen in my assignments and I thought I could do electrical engineering and I, that I would conquer this, you know, thing I had going on with electricity. It was a bad, bad idea because every prac that I did, it was – my energy was connected to my emotions and exams used to make me really nervous. So anytime I had a practical examination that had something to do with electronics, the weirdest stuff would happen. Like one time I had a computing assignment and we had to do a coding thing and they reset, rebooted and reinstalled every computer in that laboratory before our assessment so that our examinations would be completely, you know, go well and and all that sort of thing. And I'm sitting there on my computer and I'm like stressing out, you know, because I hate examinations. And so my compiler just isn't working. And so I'm typing in all this code and then I'm hitting compile and it's not compiling. And I call the guy and I'm like, hey man, my thing's not compiling. He's like, no, no, all the computers have been reset. Just keep going. Assumed I was doing it wrong. Anyway, hour and a half into this three hour exam, nothing is working. People are leaving. Like people are finished. They're getting up, they're leaving, they're walking out the door. I'm melting down at this point crying because I'm like, it's not working. And mm. the guy comes over and he checks it. I'm still on the first task, right? Mm. The first task. Yeah. And he's like, oh, your compiler's not working. I lost my shit. I, like, <laughs> I told you that. <laughs> exactly. I was like, you, you know. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, at this point I was just crying. Like it was just so miserable. The guy ended up letting me reset it on a different day because by this point I wasn't even in a state to finish this thing. Yeah. So I ended up resetting it a couple of days later. But – this happened to me multiple times. Like I remember in my first year electrical engineering unit, we had to build this radio and we followed all the instructions and ours was the only one that just had static. Like they couldn't understand why ours just wasn't working. You know? Trying so. to contact a spaceship, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get through. I had so, so many of these experiences. And then, yeah, and then when I started doing this light body activation, I finally learned how to actually ground my energy and to be more centred. Um, and then I used to play with things like lights. So I remember this one time I was visiting a friend and she lived in this apartment near I think Fremantle anyway I was waiting outside for her to come and get me and so I pushed a little buzzer and you know just waiting a few minutes and then there was this street light just above me and it just kept like flickering and I was just like getting annoyed by it because I had this thing with flickering lights as all the lights used to flicker around me when I was (laughs) younger and so I just remember like consciously thinking I'm just gonna send this blast of energy to it and I did and then it just went really bright for like a few minutes and then it died (laughs) X-Man X-Man origin story and I've done this so many times I I mean now now this stuff is like a waste of time it's child's play but this is hell expensive equipment so just just don't make her angry (laughs) (laughs) no 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 and you know, back in the day, like when I used to go to new places, like actually coming back to this um, ex-partner of mine, the first time I went to his house, I was really nervous because his parents were there and like, you know, and so I walked into his room and his computer just died and he made a joke. He was like, oh, ha ha, you did that. And I just sat there and I said nothing. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if only you knew. Yeah. Because yeah. oh, I, I just had so many of those experiences that I'd noticed the correlation, Yeah. you know. And, and then over the years I learned how to ground myself and center myself because it was actually really annoying that every time we put lights into my room, all those five-year globes we'd have to replace every 12 months. They would just burn out mm, like every time. Know. And this happened like every single time. So this anyway. happens a lot at my house, but I don't know if I've got any, I think it's just an old house, but oh. it's, it happens more know. than I like to admit. The, um, 
the thing you said about uni triggered something for me there. What's your um, understanding or belief or disbelief of um, deja vu and premonitions? Oh. oh, I have so many stories of deja vu. Yeah. Like yeah. sometimes I literally see it as this Groundhog Day type of yes. experience where I see myself having a dream mm-hmm. and then I see that this thing has happened. Yes. And then like a couple of weeks later, that thing actually happens. Yes, happens all like, the time. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I dreamt that. Yes. And there was this one particular experience that was very tangible. It was in Peru. Mm-hmm. I remember a couple of weeks before going there, I just had this dream of this conversation and this scenario and it didn't mean anything. It was just like, I remember just dreaming that there was two people talking and this thing happened and they said something and he said something and they said something and then like that was it. It was mm. just like a two minute scenario. Yeah, and nothing. Yeah, event. nothing yeah, yeah, of yeah. significance really. And then- <laughs> Yeah, got to Peru. We're in Lake Titicaca, my friend and I. And then he walks up to this guy and starts having a conversation that's out of earshot for me. So I can't actually hear anything. Mm-hmm. And and they're talking in Spanish. Yeah. And I don't speak Spanish. He said something. He said something. He said something. Somebody laughed, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, this friend walks back up to me and I just looked at him and I said, is this the conversation that just happened? So he said this and you said this, blah, blah. blah. And I just relayed the whole thing. He's like, how do you know? And I'm like, I dreamt this like two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. What is that, do you think? Yes. Well, so when I have those conscious experiences, it's because something slightly needs to adjust. So that experience Ah. in Peru, the dream had a very slight alteration at the end because in the dream, I think I walked up to them and and something happened. Whereas in this one, I felt just to stay where I was. And so I just slightly shifted the scenario. And so that's where sometimes I feel like we get shown things just so we can tweak things and do them a little bit differently. I freak out when in it the happens. moment. I'm like, yeah, oh, this yeah. is happening. I've done this before. Yeah, and you've got no control no. over it. Yeah, I love it. Well, I sit out. I like it, but it's just a really like the feeling is like, oh, yeah. this has happened before. Yes, I feel like I'm on track when that happens. I'm like, oh yeah, cool. Everything's all good. That's mm. what I take it as when and because it's nothing moments. It's nothing like ah. Yeah. Oh, that I'm going to put money on that guy to win gold medal and win million dollars. It's nothing yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. It's, that it's literally yeah. just like my dog just walked past me and the cat <laughs> did nothing and like, yeah. yeah, you know, just random moments and I get them and it is a very mm. strange Non-linear. Feeling. Yeah, it's hard, to, it's hard to sort of um, put into words but uh, have you got any more questions? There was two more but – We've we've meant some tips to raise our vibration. So it's basically meditation with a four foundation intent, practices. Four foundation practices. <laughs> yep. What do you experience when your vibration rises? I think we've kind of hit that. You're going into the other dimensions. Yep. And and your life gets so much better and you start actually I want to speak to this because when you're truly accessing a higher frequency, all areas of your life improve as a result mm. of that. You know, and this is where when people don't prioritize their spiritual awakening, I'm like, you're nuts. Like do your meditation practice, right? Because when you do your meditation practice, your relationships improve, your finances improve, your life improves because everything comes into alignment. Mm-hmm. So for me, this is why my spiritual practice and my daily meditation is absolutely non-negotiable. I will not start my day without it because I know that my day will be so much better for it. And it makes everything I do a lot easier, particularly when it comes to business because I, I do mentor a lot of entrepreneurs. A lot of my yeah. clients are quite high-performing entrepreneurs that are doing incredible things on this planet and mm-hmm. being in that state where if you have a multi-six or seven-figure business, you're very busy, mm. right? And wouldn't it be so much easier if you were intuitively connected and you could make a decision that would have a much bigger impact than just throwing things against the wall and hoping something works? Mm. So it's increasing that efficiency. That's what my dad used to do to me. Just yeah. throw me against the wall. I hope I work. No, not really. As, as you were saying that then, I had a very strange – Premonition? No, like a, a, no, not deja vu, like almost out of body, like 
experience just then, just listening to yeah. what you were saying. That was yeah. very odd. Yeah. Right. That was good. I like it. That res- I, I don't know, maybe I, that makes me feel like that maybe resonates. Maybe you need to meditate every day. I definitely need to. I I definitely get, my ego stops me. I'm, I'm at night if I try to meditate, my brain goes, no, 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 man, like watch some YouTube or like just listen and yeah. fall asleep that way. You're your ego. Yeah. 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 Right. My so, ego at that point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I normally, <laughs> normally prior to my lunch, I normally can f- sort of just go, right, I'm factoring in 15, 20 minutes here. But start of the day, always best. I have um, a daughter that wakes me up at like. Right. Look, I'll be honest with you. I'm actually not that much of a morning person. Yeah. Sometimes I meditate in the morning, and other times I, if I don't meditate in the morning, I make sure I do it before I go to bed. Why do you think our brain resists it? Like mine really resists it, and but I know that it's good for my me. My brain loves it. Yeah. Well, my, <laughs> oh, yeah. I actually did three hours of meditation this morning. It was so good. Three oh. hours. That's yeah. that's out of the norm for me, but today I really was um, actually I was getting creating, ready for this potty, mate. But <laughs> yeah. dealing with two idiots. But I'm creating my manuals <laughs> for my next course coming up, so I wanted yeah. to be in a really good space for that. I, c- I can empathise because when I started having, because I was meditating, and I don't know whether this is the best way to do it, but I started having these inner dialogues talking to my higher self. I started to get addicted to that conversation, and I wanted to do it more, and I became more frequent with it. But prior oh, to that, I was that? like what you were saying. Yeah, yeah you put it right. out, you want to get it back. Yeah, exactly. You right. just got to get through that initial resistance. It's the same with anything. It's like, you know, if you're going to the gym the first few weeks, you're going to be like, oh, why am I doing this? Yeah. I don't want to get up at 6 a.m. and go to the gym. And then you have to get a PT to get you out of bed. And yeah. speaking from personal experience, even then. Yeah. Take the money. Yeah. And so, you know, you just have to get past that initial phase of that resistance because once you realize how good it is for you, you, it actually becomes a priority. So for me, everything that I do in my life, meditation is at the core of that. Every decision that I make, everything that I do in my business, you know, there's it's like this frequency that I now access and it helps me to decide what is in the highest <coughs> flow for me. So if I haven't meditated for a week, which I can't remember the last time I did that to be fair, but if I didn't meditate for like a couple of weeks or something and I was just feeling out of flow, I know that that would disrupt my day. It would disrupt the way that I'm doing things because I just wouldn't be as connected to myself without that connectedness, your decisions are not as efficient. You know, like you think about the amount of decisions we make in a day, if you have the capacity to intuitively feel the highest pathway in every given moment, then you just go so much further, so much faster. This is why, especially for entrepreneurs, I'm like, if you don't have a spiritual mentor as an entrepreneur, you're leaving money on the table big time. So, yeah. That's a perfect point Yeah, for hard yarns and for what we do. Yeah. Probably to leave on, man. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's been. It's, we've hit a lot. We've definitely. I'm drained. A lot. I'm very. I really t- like this. So I want it to go more, but I'm. I think it's been like three hours, right? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. like probably the longest podcast I've ever done. Yeah, two, two, two and a half two hours. Two and a half. That's solid. Yeah. Solid. Because you're dealing yeah. with two absolute numpties that know nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, to, yeah, I started actually getting. Well, quite yeah, I thought I knew stuff. Yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe next time I'm in town. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, you definitely resonated uh, certainly with me. Well, I'm definitely going like to do. Yeah, it's exactly what I needed at this point in my life. <laughs> mm. So I'm going to hit you up for your heart opening meditations. Yeah, I'll send you guys a link. Yeah, yeah that'd be good. We'll share. Yeah. We'll share some links and stuff. And your your. Uh, or do you want to yeah, plug anything? Fuck me, I can't speak. You're mate. gone, man. Mate, gone. about halfway through, I don't know what happened. I just went. Yeah, like, I can't you're speak. You're on your own starship, mate. Yeah, mate, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is. But starship what? trooper, starship party person. Uh, do you want to plug anything? Your socials, uh, Facebook pages. Uh, is, you, is it back yeah. up? You got something? You got your website? Yeah. 
Uh, well, yes, I've got a few things in the pipeline. So uh, for anyone who wants to know more about this spiritual awakening and ascension, I do have a masterclass. Um, the link is not something that is easily accessible, but if you find me on Facebook, Ishiptel, you find me on Instagram, Ishiptel Official, anywhere on there, send me a message. I'm sure you guys will tag me on the socials as well. Yeah. Um, just flick me a message, say you want to listen to my masterclass. I have two of them. One of them is all about the aliens and the dimensions, and the other one is actually around money because I find that uh, actually oh, meditation was- is all about fun. <laughs> Financial abundance as well. I actually, yeah. we'll have to get you back on because I wanted to talk about energy and money and stuff That's as well. That's a whole other yeah, episode. 100%, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I did the 21 days of abundance and won exactly what I drew. Yeah, wow. It. Yeah, I drew a guy kicking many, a goal yeah. after the siren and yeah, exactly how it was going to happen, happened and I won two and a half grand and I <laughs> freeze framed the, the picture of how it happened and what I drew two days before. Wow. Identical. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, that's cool. personal game. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Masterclass, sick. Um, um, and guys, do the work. Mm. Do the fucking work. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Learn to fish. Um, if you can put up with, oh, you have, you have put up with this whole episode with me. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm All right, broken. sign off, mate. Yeah. What a, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. It's been an amazing episode. Uh, yeah. Thanks. It's been awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for it's coming on. It's been really fun. Sick. Yeah. Look at these men. <laughs> I'll take the bit. <laughs> I'm a crow. Ah! You shall you not pass. You shall not pass. <laughs> he never did the W, but everybody else has done the W. <laughs> Listen all the way to the end and you'll see why he's the dumbest cunt on the planet. Yes. Grab a drink, settle down, and we'll see you in right now. Yeah. Five Yards Podcast. <laughs>